0: blog talk radio
1: Good afternoon, everybody. A little after 6 o'clock on a Sunday evening. I'm Rich Alvin alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina. at the factory sports and fitness training studios. Of course, uh, three solid hours are ahead here on the show tonight. We are taking a campus tour and uh, not far to go. We're going to head down the road to Somerville High School. We'll check in with their athletic director, Brian Rutherford, at 630. Then Bo Sharpie and his crew, uh, they're going to pack out the, uh, the field around 7 o'clock. We'll catch up with him. Coach Tobin will, will follow it all up at the end, but we've got a couple of ball players in the middle. Uh, 715, Brody Hopkins, he's committed to the College of Charleston. Uh, but before he heads to the College of Charleston, uh, he did win the uh, big time. And, I mean, it was quite an interesting group of uh, talented young men at the Home Run Derby, the first annual Somerville uh, Recreation Department. Uh, Home Run Derby 2020 that focused uh, on three high schools right up here in Dorchester County. That was Somerville, Fort Dorchester, and Ashley Ridge. Uh, 14 players on the list, 12 of them made it out, and one field, one trophy, and it was Brody Hopkins who took home that trophy. He's been taking home the hardware, it seems like, since the end of baseball season. Now, again, he also played football, so we'll talk to him a little bit about that. And uh, the Hopkins' last name, by the way, here in Somerville, big name of his brother, is T.J. Hopkins. He was the male athlete of the year, uh, which, by the way, Brody also male athlete of the year here in the Low Country. Uh, but TJ actually is with the Reds organization, the Cincinnati Reds organization in the minor leagues, where of course he played his college ball over at the university of South Carolina for Chad Holbrook. Well, I think a cool story to that is Chad Holbrook has taken his talents to the college of Charleston where now he coaches the little brother. And again, uh, the Holbrooks have done uh, a good job of, uh, you know, really getting involved in the community here in Charleston. We hope to have coach uh, over back on the show he's been here with us a few times but hopefully we'll get him back with us here shortly uh, of course then at 730 um, well we're gonna check in with the guy who finished uh, right behind him uh, in the home run Derby uh, and I'd be honest with you it was quite a battle back and forth they went continuing to uh, swap dingers across the fence but Logan Palmer finishes a close second it was like a three round shootout and uh, one swing and, and that's all it took for Brody to kind of take it and uh win it, but uh, i tell you what, be honest with you, we talked about, you know, Logan being the sleeper, and he lived up to that height. Now, he's actually going to be heading to Erskine College, where he'll be playing baseball at the next level. I believe he's actually playing today. So, uh he'll check in with us from Columbia, South Carolina. And then, like I mentioned, 745, we'll get in here with Coach Tobin. He played his college ball at the Citadel on that College World Series team. Since then, he's been in Somerville, doing great things. He's seen a few coaches kind of over at Somerville. He's worked with a lot of those guys on the infield, but he brings uh, his talents to the show at 745. And then this is something, you know, just a little different. And uh, we're going to stay in the city of Somerville, but we're going to head over to the recreation uh, department where we actually had the home run derby because they've got uh, some 10-year-old young ladies that are going to be heading to the state of Alabama. So what are we going to do? We're going to bring in their head coach, Joseph For instance, Coach Joe is going to come in here to talk to us about uh, the Somerville Angels, a Dixie youth softball program heading to the World Series in Alabama. That will be a lot of fun. Uh, There's a way that you're going to be able to help them out financially, and we'll get you that information uh, on our Twitter page, and uh, we'll, of course, talk to uh, the coach on how things are going. Uh, I've been out there a couple times. I'm actually – we'll go out there tomorrow. I'm bringing out the guys uh, from Channel 5 and Channel 2. We'll go over there and, and do a story on them. I think that's kind of neat as well. Uh, just trying to get them as much advertisement as we can with everything going on. And then, after that, it's it's wide open. Phone lines, you can call in, you can be a part of what we're doing here, and just uh, pick up the phone, call 323-784-9681. That's the number to call in. As you can see, a loaded show, campus tour with a little extra touch uh, of the uh, Somerville Recreation Department. So it is a Somerville-heavy show today. And that's good, though, because, you know, we try to do what we can to keep everybody in the mix. And, of course, not everybody knows that I do the radio voice with Somerville on Friday nights. And uh, I have a a great opportunity to be very close to all the guys and girls over there at Somerville. But, uh, you know, it's not as easy always to get a hold of everybody during the summer months. But I want to appreciate and thank Brian Rutherford for, for letting us talk to not only himself, but the players and coaches at Somerville. Now, let me bring in the other guy to the other half of the show, Eugene Benton. Eugene, what's up, buddy?
2: What's up, Richie, man? Just getting back in. Uh, as you saw with the text, group text earlier, uh had a great day of training up in um, Lexington with the boys. Uh, had some friendly competition today, a little harass the kicker competition. Um, not sure if you know what that means. It's something that I've always done at Oceanside where the kicker uh, loads up the kick and the team crowds around them and they're cheering and chanting in his ear and, and, and some guys are laying on the ground and crushing water bottles near the ball, just anything you can do to distract a guy. And uh, the the two two guys from Oceanside did really well in the competition. Coleman's a rising freshman. He won his division, uh, putting it through the uprights. And then Spencer McKinley, rising 22, uh, 2022 junior at Oceanside. He tied a, a very talented kid, last name is Bates out of Georgia. Both are very highly ranked, four-and-a-half-star kickers. And uh, those two went deep on the long ball and in uh, their like I said, it ended up in a tie. You know, they don't want to wear out the kicker's legs by just having them keep going and going. But you know, it was a great day. It was nice and hot and sunny, and and the uh, the dust was out of the way. And so, you know, it was unlike yesterday, where it was a cloud of dust everywhere. But uh, great day, great day on the road. Traffic was a little hectic getting back. Uh, looks like a lot of travel. You know, Fourth of July travel. But you know, here and ready to roll through this. It was a great time the other night, uh, Friday night at the. Um, Home run derby, so really excited to get these guys. Hopefully Coach Tobin has iced his arm down. You know, he threw a lot of pitches. You know, the uh, Somerville boys went deep, and he gave up a lot of home runs. But uh, hopefully he's iced it down, and uh, we'll check in on his uh, shoulder situation when he calls in. Yeah,
1: no doubt about it. I think he gave up about 80 dingers, man. His ERA is just oblivious. I mean, he definitely holds the record in Somerville Recreation Department with the highest ERA, and, uh, and that's something – and we'll talk to them about, of course. Uh, we, we had the chance to hang out with those guys a little bit after the event. And, uh, you know, there were some Ashley Ridge guys over at the Kicking Chicken. And we had talked to all of those guys. And, and for you, Eugene, you know, that's the first time I've called a home run derby, first of all. And it was a blast. So, if you've missed it, we'll retweet out. We'll put out on social media the link that you can go back and listen to it. Uh, you know, uh, for me, it was as I thought it would be. It was very entertaining. There was a ton of guys there that, that really, uh, you know, just kind of showed out. I mean, we had all kind of guys from Ashley Ridge and Fort Dorchester and Somerville, and some of the biggest guys, uh, you know, did the big things. But some of the guys who may not have those tree trunk legs and those python arms, you know, they were getting it done as well. But even though, you know, we understand that they're probably doing a little bit of travel ball and and they're doing some things, you know, on their own, the humidity Friday night was, Impeccable. And you were down on the field, which was, was really really hot, you know, I won't complain about the press box because, um, you know, the, the the conditions up there were, were great for us. We had a chance to see everything from above. But when you were talking and interviewing all these guys, man, it was it was uh, kind of interesting because they were totally out of breath just uh, in a couple of minutes of uh, the humidity, swinging the bat, and
2: getting back into the uh, to the mix. Yeah, no doubt. If you you know, you could hear it through the microphone. I would hold the microphone for them and. You know, it was, you know, they would answer sentences talking like this. And it's kind of like, you know, you're you're up there swinging the bat. But, you know, they're loading up and they're giving it all they have on every single swing. It's kind of like, you know, maxing out on a bench press every single time. And, you know, for two minutes and, and, you know, for example, I want to bring up, you know, like Coach Tobin. You know, he would grab the next ball. They would swing and hit it he's already in the bucket grabbing the next ball. So they were back in their stance because, you know, as anyone knows in the home run derby, especially when it's tied, you know, the more swings you get, the more chances you have of lopping that ball over the fence. But, uh, you know, it, it was such a cool thing to do. And it was also my first opportunity, my first opportunity to be an on-the-field reporter, so to speak, to have a microphone. And, you know, there there's some things that if anyone listens to podcasts, that, yeah, there, there's some growing pains and some learning lessons from me too. And, um but it was fun, you know, and getting to know the, the the young men and where they're going next year and, you know, talking to them about the Some of them, like you said, you mentioned Palmer had a game today. Some of them had a game at 12 o'clock yesterday before they even uh, showed up at the Home Run Derby. And so, uh, it, I mean, excuse me, Friday. It, and it was just such a great experience. And, you know, they were, they were excited. You know, some of them were cheering on their own team. Some of them were cheering on, you know, the guys from the other teams because one thing that we learned was that, so many of those guys play on these uh like travel teams together so while they compete you know representing a, a high school jersey on their chest and on their back a lot of them compete for the same team you know nationally and, and around the state and so they they had this camaraderie and there was not there wasn't any trash talking going on it was you know unless there was you know some playful stuff but really every guy out there all the guys competing and swinging were cheering each other on I saw some of them that would take a timeout. As you recall, they got a a 30-second timeout, they could take it any time in their swing swing set. And they would just come out of the box, and it wouldn't matter, you know, which team it was, somebody would hand them a bottle of water. And it could be your rival from across town. Everybody knows. Somerville, Fort D., Ashley Ridge, they're rivals. You know, whether it be the football field, baseball field, track, whatever it is, they're rivals. But they would take a timeout, and someone – it didn't matter who it was, the closest guy to him would hand him a bottle of water, and that was really cool, man. It was just—it's such a fun event. It was—I'm uh, a big fan of the home run derby and for the major leagues because it's fun. You see the kids; a lot of them bring their kids out to the uh, field with them, and you know they're goofing off and they got their hats backwards, and it's such a fun, relaxed event, man. And you know, I, I know they all everybody wanted to win, you know, and you didn't know who was going to win. Because the first round, you know, one dude beat everybody and, and hit nine dingers and was like, wow, where'd he come from? You know, and there were so many dark horses. And then, of course, Monty uh, from Fort D just had this incredible swing. He's a big, huge guy. You know, he's going up to play for Landon Powell, and he was just driving the ball everywhere. And so it was just exciting. It was a great event. I'm looking forward to It, it looks like it might grow to some other schools. And, you know, it looks like, you know, we may be fortunate enough to host those as well and You know, what a great opportunity what a great platform to showcase these young men. You know, so many of them are going on to do great things at the next level. And, you know, it was just like I said, it was a great opportunity, great platform. It was a great chance for them to put on their, their school colors again and represent their school one last time in front of some fans and parents. Yeah, no doubt
1: about it. We're talking about the Dorchester County, if you will, Uh, Trifecta, and that was Somerville, Fort Orchester, Ashley Ridge, All met over at the Somerville Recreation Department at Gahagan Park, and Don Stanford was the gentleman who got in touch with me. And and Don, I know you're listening, brother. I want to say thank you very much for putting together a five-star situation and an opportunity that these young men and their parents in the town of Somerville, North Charleston, and anywhere else and about was able to kind of come in and and enjoy, because while there's so much separation in the country with COVID-19 and the rest of the things that we're dealing with right now with everything, and it seems like everything's being thrown on us at once, they stopped for about three hours. It was actually two hours and 37 minutes that we were on the air, and everybody went down to the ballpark and watched some good baseball, socially distanced. So, by the way, and I bet you there was maybe, what, 200 to 250 people between the inside complex to out in the parking lot. Even the ice cream guy couldn't keep his eyes off of it. He stayed out there. Uh, just watching and always well, probably trying to get a few ice cream ringers as well. But nevertheless, I, I thought it was a great job. I, I know they're going to grow from it. This is just the first of many. And, and a lot of guys ask me, well, why can't the juniors or some sophomores? Because it's not about you. It's This is a this is a reward to the seniors
3: who,
1: who gave everything they got for the last four years or so many years. Maybe it was one year, but they're a senior. And, and with that comes um, just like being a captain, man. There's got to be a little bit of something extra to it, but, uh, Don, I think you guys did a great job, you and your team. And, and, again, we appreciate being a part of it. Looking forward to growing with not only the Somerville Home Run Derby or the, of course, uh, Dorchester County Home Run Derby. Maybe next year we throw in uh, Woodland. Uh, Woodland's up there a little bit up on uh, 78 up there in Dorchester. Maybe they can come in and we'll, we'll add them to the fix. But I believe everybody that was invited and, and the 14 kids that were on the list were all seniors. And uh, two guys couldn't make it. They had other obligations. That, that's why that happened. Uh, but then again, uh, you mentioned the young man from Fort Dorchester heading to uh, Landon Powell in North Greenville. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, the thing that was most impressive with this cat is he was batting from the, left, from the right side, but he was built a lot, kind of like a Frank Thomas uh, or somebody that has all this lower body strength. But he was driving the ball opposite field when. Jay and I who were up in the press box calling the or calling the, the home run derby I just told him I said man look somebody's going to have to crush it I mean get into it to get out of the right side of the park because whatever it was the humidity wall that was in right field it would just die as soon as it got over second or first it would just drop out of the sky like a rain like a like a raindrop but this kid had so much power he lived opposite field the entire night and when he tried to pull it You know, it was a a line drive. It was a high shot. It was definitely a double, probably a stand-up double, maybe a a slide-in triple. But I I thought really everybody, the sportsmanship was there, the parents, like I mentioned, the grandparents, the other kids. How many kids did we see outside, the the high school gentlemen and, and some of the younger kids that came out to support, you know, the guys that they knew, or maybe they just saw it on social media, they saw it out on the news outlets, because, again, the crowd was there. And then, Eugene, you mentioned in the field. There was a minor, there was, excuse me, I'm going to say minor, league. there was a, a youth travel ball team that was out there shagging balls. And it had a very good feeling of Major League Home Run Derby to me. And, uh, again, I, I'd be honest with you, looking forward to, if not another one in another county. And right now I know Charleston County is working on a couple of things, or some of the schools are, uh, working on a few things. Uh, that is what we're waiting on. But if not, then uh, we'll be doing this again next year and the year after that and the year after that. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I mentioned Jay Harper. He joined me in the press box. I've had a chance to work with Jay over at Kirkman Broadcasting. Of course, they hold multiple stations under the house over there. One of those is Fox and ESPN. And uh, Jay now, of course, has left uh, that to pursue his own thing. He does voiceover work. But he also is uh, the voice you hear when you go and uh, listen to the PA guy in the uh, gymnasiums or wherever the Harlem Globetrotters are doing their Shenanigans. That's his voice, and uh, that was kind of neat for me because I've I kind of been around Jay for a long time, and I've heard him on multiple outlets doing multiple things. Of course, we have a common friend that uh, you know we um, we miss dearly, and that's Ted Burns. And uh, of course, Ted uh, hopefully was listening in, and of course he was a big baseball guy. You know, he had called Citadel baseball games, Georgia Southern baseball games. He was a University of Georgia fan, and uh, so that was something that he and I would talk about on the air. Of course, Jay Harper also was uh, the voice that you would hear for the Citadel Bulldog baseball program as well. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun to uh, hopefully work with Jay a little bit more. I know the season and football is coming up, so there's going to be some crossing over. I know that he's looking to do some things. I'm, of course, going to be doing my thing. We're bringing in Eugene. Got him a little bit of training over the, uh, over the night on Friday night. And He learned really quickly, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of getting after it. And uh, just imagine you take that, multiply it by 50, and, and that's how much running you're going to be doing on Friday night. Hopefully that we, uh, if not get people in the stands, we definitely can uh, figure out a way to get the um, the players on the field. Because that's, that's the big picture of things, right? And, and I did see, you know, a lot of responses last night on social media, on Facebook, on my personal page. You know, I put out there that, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can do to, to give a few opportunities to maybe suggestions to put these high school athletes in the class of 2021 and the year that's ahead, how can we do it? And, of course, I suggest, and this is just a suggestion, just cooler talk, that we take the spring and bring it to the fall, take the fall and move it to the spring. Now, there's a couple of positives here, Eugene. Now, of course, if you're up north and you hear, wow, they can move baseball to the fall, well, that's pretty amazing. Because remember, some of these kids up at Horsehead, New York, and Art Art Bishop Malloy in New York, Philadelphia, and those cities around the country that see snow all the way up to about April, sometimes May, that gets them out and into the field in the early fall. Now, here locally, you know, it's pretty hot in the fall here, and it's pretty chilly. And, of course, the beginning of spring season. I mean, really, February and March are probably two of our coldest months. Normally, you're in the state of South Carolina. So you could take those kids, and it would help in that aspect. But then there was the other aspect, which it also could be a downfall. I thought about recruiting. Now, there would be some adjustments, and there would have to be some things. But this would give the kids, if they're playing baseball in the fall, then they could go and watch the teams that they want to go play for in the colleges in the spring, as long as college keeps the same format. Now, that being said, you know, it was brought to me. Well, what about the kids that are going to graduate early? And what about the kids that are already making decisions? Well, that window is very small, by the way. All right, most kids do stay all four years. There is a few that will graduate early, that will leave early. That's fine. But we can't handicap the other kids for the one or two kids on a team or the one or two kids in an area. Because, again, some of these kids, this is the only time they're going to play. This is it. This is their final dance. This is their final chapter that they will do. So, for example, the kids in the class of 2020 – who didn't play this past year, and I mean the guys and the girls in the spring sports, guess what? There's a chance they'll never play organized sport again. They may go to their local recreation department and play a game of softball, but it's not the same. Here I am at 42, and I've never played softball. I just can't take that leap. <laughs> I'm just not there yet. I, I, I'm, I'm not ready, as they would say. But, of course, then uh, I had a few. One of those was a track coach. I believe he also coaches on the uh, football team over at Kane Bay and said, well, that's not going to work for me. I'm a track coach. I've got 150 kids, and what are we going to do? How are we going to socially distance 150 kids? Well, we got to get creative, Coach, and I agree with what you're saying. Those are great points, and that's why I love putting stuff out there so that I can get some dialogue back to me so that I can have conversations with you, and with that, I look at it this way. Well, then you know what? Maybe we have to readjust how we're doing some of these things. Maybe we need to separate them and have you know the, four, the 400s on this day and this, that, and the other, and then The next day they do another thing. It's going to take work. And I understand that this is not a formula that we might not need to hold on to because of that reason. But if we're honestly trying to do whatever we got to do to get these young athletes back on their field of challenges and opportunities, then we'll do what we got to do to get them out there and get them on there. I don't want to hear about what we can't do. I want to hear what are we going to do. Let's be a little bit more of the, okay, I understand there's some Hard times. Maybe we won't get the guys that do everything under the sun when it comes to the track, because that is true. And, I mean, these guys travel larger than football teams, and there's a lot of individuals running around the track meets. I get that. But maybe we separate it in half, and that keeps the number down in half. You know, again, you know, what are we willing to do to do what we have to do to keep these kids out there? Because, yeah, we talk football, and I get that. Football is a big part of it, but baseball softball basketball, wrestling, track and field, lacrosse. I'm going to name a few sports. I'm going to miss a few. But all those athletes have a chance to go play college sports as well. Some of these are also Olympic athletes in the track and field, not giving them the opportunity to participate in their events during that year. Let's just be honest, guys. You know, for us adults that are listening tonight, if you don't give them something to do, oh, they're going to find something to do. We were guilty of that in our day. So at least if we're keeping them on a field, then we guarantee we have their attention, we can control their direction, and we give them an opportunity. But without any of those things, you don't have it. So I don't really want to sit here and say what we can't do. I want you to rebuttal with me, but that's a good idea, Rich, but maybe if we do it this way. We're going to get in here with Coach Brian Rutherford. He is the Athletic Director at Somerville High School. He's also Administrator on the staff over there at Somerville at 630. And we're going to ask him this question because, again, Brian also played college ball. He also has played high school and all the way down into uh, the recreational field. But he's very passionate about his athletes over there at Somerville. Coach Rutherford, of course, is my boss on Friday nights. And he and I, you know, uh, we we have multiple conversations during the school year. And with that, of course, uh, you know, there's just many things that I want to ask, you know, Coach Rutherford. Of course, we're also going to talk to him about this whole school of choice thing. Oh, yeah. It's coming out tonight. We're going to find out from another AD in the second. By the way, of is the number two largest high school in the state of South Carolina. They just took over Dorman this past year. That's kind of a big deal. And, uh, you know, we look at it that way. Eugene, we've got about three minutes to break, man, but I want to bring you in. I've just kind of thrown a lot actually action there. But I want you to kind of recap a little bit of what I just said and give me your thoughts.
2: Spring switching the the fall, you know, when I asked some of the head coaches, fall teams out there Friday night, they said, you know, we're okay with that because we just lost our season. Football, you know, the fall sports didn't lose theirs. The winter sports didn't lose theirs. But we did lose ours. So we're okay with that. But we need to know now because we start training in December, you know, with the preseason stuff to get ready for seasons that start in February and March. So if they're going to start in September, they need to know now so they can start with their programs and implementing things to get ready. Now, uh, uh, something that, that was brought to my attention today in Columbia, and I don't want to throw—I'm not going to throw out any names of any coaches, ads, or schools—but I will tell you that there are currently 38 high schools uh, in the state who have linked up, who have put some memos of understanding in place who are considering hiring legal counsel to force the state and the high school league by lawsuit to have the season this fall and that any kids who participate uh, sign a waiver that allows them to participate because a lot of these high schools and ADs fear that there may or may not be a season, Uh, the fear is there won't be a season because of uh, liability, because of the fear of COVID If, if a kid shows up to practice or whatnot and contracts COVID, uh, they think there's a lot of fear of of lawsuits. And so they're working on either filing a lawsuit against the state and the high school league to force the season with the uh, umbrella of each kid who participates um, signing waiver, and also, too, to amend the rules or to force kids or, or force high school league to amend its eligibility to allow kids to play if a parent feels like they should not be sitting in the classroom because of the fear of COVID, you know, the whole virtual at home, but still making them eligible to play for the school to which they're zoned. So I learned that uh, this afternoon. Like I said, I don't want to throw out the schools or or any names, but I know that there's 38 schools that at least uh, joined that meeting and signed or, or have agreed to some memo of understanding Uh, With that, uh, one of the coaches actually asked me for one of the um, attorneys who represented the charter private schools in the litigation. That's an interesting
1: conversation. We'll table it, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But here's the thing, and here's the the final statement. Got to go to break because coming up, we are heading to Somerville High School where we're going to take the bus and welcome in uh, the Athletic Director, Coach Brian Rutherford, as we take a campus tour to Somerville High School right here in Uh, Somerville, South Carolina, but uh, the one thing that you don't want, you know, and I get the waiver and that's fine, but you can't waiver if a child gets sick and he doesn't make it through. You can sign as many waivers. You can have as many things. And and again, as I say what I say, I understand what I understand. And I don't want that on me. For example, we were trying to have a combine here, but the numbers are just climbing at a drastic number. I mean, it's ridiculous why the adults can't be adulting out here in the world. And that's really what it comes down to, not just in Somerville. It's, it's nationwide. You know, we're, we're, we're beating it leaps and bounds, and I'm talking about the numbers from yesterday, every day. And I understand, people, you're going to tell me, well, we're testing now. We weren't. I don't care. I, I don't care. What I care about is getting the number down. That's what I care about. I care about staying out of people's faces. I care about wearing your mask when you're supposed to. Quit wearing it in your car, by the way. That's another thing. It's kind of becoming a pet peeve of mine. I walk you just look like you have COVID when you're driving down the road with it on your face.
4: So let's
1: just think before we react. Let's separate ourselves. July 4th is coming, by the way. For the love of God, for the class of 2020 and every other class and my family and everybody involved in listening within my voice, please stay out of people's faces. Please stay distance. All right, again, you know, we'll get into this throughout the entire show today. And if you want to follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central, that's great. We'd love to hear your comments. You can follow our feed there. You can also check us out on Twitter at SOSportsCentral. Eugene does a great job recapping these interviews and these conversations. You want to get in here jump in our grids and tell us what you think, and you think we're crazy? Well, that's cool. We've heard it before. But you can call in right now and do that as well. The number to call in live is 323-784-9681. Again, 323-784-9681. Quick break. Come back. Oh, boy, Somerville High School, you're on the clock. We're heading to DeVille, and we're heading to the Greenway's very own athletic director, Brian Rutherford. Coming up next, right here on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Southern Sports Central.
3: You are so beautiful. You're such a sight to see you're for me. You, 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 you. you set my soul apart filling my heart with one desire, wanting to be with you. You could make a blind man see, you could make a purple man walk. You could make the quietest man in the world talk. You, uh, 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 uh. nobody else will do. Every little boy in town wants to get his arms around you, for no one else will do but you. Yes, you got me going Amy, that over you
4: You could
3: make a blind man see You could make a beautiful man Make the quietest man in the world come Yes, nobody else will do Every little boy and
4: child
3: Won't have yet his mouth around But no one else Thank you got me going able and over you ah oh, 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 oh Oh, 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 oh Oh, 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 oh
1: Hi, welcome, everybody, back here on Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich Ellen, alongside Eugene Benton, here for our Sunday family event, Vision of Southern Sports Central, coming to you live in Somerville, South Carolina, the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. You can say that three times fast, but uh, we will head over to the hotlines where we're taking a virtual tour back to Somerville High School with the one and only coach, Brian Reddifer. He is the athletics director, coach. What's up, buddy? Not
5: much, Richie. How you guys doing?
1: We're good, man. We're staying uh, safe, we're distance and uh we're doing this virtual conversation. So uh we're just staying positive, man. We're just hoping for some good news coming up here in, in the next couple of weeks into the uh, month of August when football starts becoming to, to worry, right?
5: Absolutely. We uh you know, we're, we're we're keeping our fingers crossed and saying our prayers that um the conditions for the for the virus have, have improved to the fact that we can we to the point that we can get get back to the, the way that uh, we're all used to and, and, and the way we're most effective at. We're
1: live right now with the athletic director from Somerville High School, right here in Somerville, South Carolina. The Green Waves' on, Brian Rutherford, the AD, uh, checking in with us here for the next thirty, and uh, we'll just kind of touch on a couple things, Coach. Uh, right now, of course, you guys are slowly have worked your way back out. You got a new head coach over there, Ian Rafferty. And uh, boy, it's talking about giving a guy uh, the keys to the car and saying, oh, by the way, you got to do this, this, (laughs) and this. And, you know, there's some changes. That's that's tough for a guy to come in and and have some of the things kind of coming at him all at once while he's still trying to get familiar with the program, the students,
5: and just everything in general. Oh, Ian's had a tremendous challenge put in front of him. He's handled it um, wonderfully. You know, if you think about the the most important thing when you uh, take a new position, especially a position of leadership, like the head football coach at a High School, like one of the most important things you're going to need to do is get around and start developing solid, positive relationships with the kids, with the parents, with the community. Um, and the conditions of this virus have, like, pushed completely against that. I mean, you, you, we don't have that. Didn't went 13 weeks without um, any uh, direct access to our kids, um, you know, not really supposed to be meeting out in the public and, and that sort of thing. So, um, he, he had to use the, the limited technology tools that we have available to try to, you know, get the ship going the right way. That way, when we do get back, you know, all the pieces are in place for us to be successful and have a good year.
1: Lab right now, Brian Rutherford, the Athletic Director for the Somerville Green Wave Athletic Program over there, talking about their new coach, Coach Ian Rafferty. He takes it over after playing, by the way, at Somerville. Graduates, goes to NC State, then heads into the league where he played with Tennessee for a while there, and came back, but he went over to Fort Dorchester where he played with a gentleman who also coached over Somerville for a little while. Of course, uh, you know, uh, you, you start to kind of put things together. And I saw what was it last week, Coach, that he did make his way over to the Little League fields. And I love seeing these coaches going back into the community. And I listened to the way he spoke to the Sotoma uh, camp guys, the campers as they're getting ready for their season as well. And he said something that none of the other coaches I don't think can say, and that was, not only am I a football coach and not only did I play at different levels, I played on this same field. I thought that was kind of a neat thing, but to see Ian embrace the community and go out there and he took his daughter with him. So that shows the family unity coach, your, your thoughts on, on some of that.
5: Yeah. You know, I, I got, I got the chance to watch that video of that speech and I texted him as soon as we were done, just said, great job. And what, a what I was, I, I wanted to go put some pads on and go and go, go play football for Somerville high school after hearing that, um, but yeah, I mean that. That I think that his speech embodies what it what it means to be a successful head football coach um, today. Is that you've got to – it's it's your whole family's going to be involved. Um, you're going to have to be involved in the community. Um, you got to kind of get out there and and sell sell your, your your passion for the program, your passion for the teams. Um, you know, you got to get out there and do all those things. Um, and, and and like I said, I'm I'm glad that um, Ian's been given the opportunity to do some of that stuff now in the, in the last couple of weeks because that. I mean, he and I have been talking about it for a while. He's been sitting on go, ready to, ready to jump out there and start, uh, again, start moving this ship in the direction it needs to be moving in um, as quickly as possible. Now, coaches, we're in
1: the first wave, and I believe this wave is going to ride a little bit longer, no pun intended, with summer going to be in the green wave. But uh, the high school league, with the numbers going up a little bit, there's that concern of us not rushing it too much and uh, kind of losing it all at one swing here. Uh, how do you feel so far? I think Somerville is now two weeks under the books there. They meet every other day. They come in sections. There's a number of kids that can only be with so many coaches. You know, the rules are there. And and from what I can tell, everybody is is on board and they're working through it. Kind of give us your thoughts as the boss over there and the athletic director as you have monitored this probably from the hill just watching all the different groups.
5: Well, um, you know, first off, the, the safety things that we have to go through are necessary. Um, you know, to, to steal a line from Jerome Singleton up at the high school league, you, we can't afford an oops on, uh, with COVID. Um, so we, we've, got to, we've got to make sure that we're dotting our I's, crossing our T's, and being you know, as safe as possible based on the recommendations that we get from our health experts. And, um, you know, for, for the limited things that we're allowed to do, I think we've got a good management plan. Um, you know, we have a check-in station that's distanced from the first um, exercise station. Um, we we don't have any groups larger than nine students and one adult. Um, we, we got a little rotation going. They get a little, little little bit of speed work, a little bit of strength work, and then you know, you know we, we air high five them and, and tell them we love them and send them on their way. Um, so it, it's been it's been nice to, to have everybody back. It, it was also you know we we met and talked about this with our coaches. I I kind of pointed out to the guys these will be the first kids to come back on our campus like to do an activity in 13 weeks. Um, and we're being trusted with that responsibility. So, you know, before you take, you know, for the, the requirements, the, the things that we have to do to bring them back, before I show them to you, take a deep breath and understand this is a big thing they're trusting us with, and we've got to do it the right way. And I, I've, been, I've been super impressed with our coaches, uh, not just football, but also cross-country each year. Um, they, 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 they've all been meeting, and they, they all kind of kind of get it as far as making sure that safety comes first um, and making sure that our student-athletes are not putting harm's way in the so. cell.
1: Right now, The Athletic Director from Summerville High School joining us here for the Campus Tour 2020 as we are there uh, virtually on the campus there with Coach Rutherford and his crew. Now, football is something we talk about, and they get a lot of attention, but there's also some other sports that play during the fall. Of course, you know, volleyball is one of those, and they've got other sports as well. Coach, are, are those guys and girls, are they meeting at the campus as well, and, and how is that going uh, as far as their
5: training and preparation is concerned? So each group is kind of doing something different. And um, we, we kind of – I had the coaches kind of talk to their kids uh, virtually um, to see where they were all at. So volleyball right now, we're, they're just, they're just going to be on hold until uh, until we can actually use equipment. And I believe the high school league might be working on what those uh, guidelines and rules look like um, for handling equipment. Because um, when she checked with her team, you know, everybody that, uh, that's coming back on varsity had a place that they were working out and running on a regular basis already. So she didn't – for her it was just an unnecessary risk to bring them on campus when all we can do is lift weights and run right now. Um, you know, tennis and, and girls, girls tennis and girls golf are also kind of the same boat. They're kind of on hold until we can handle equipment. And then once we can handle equipment and we have the guidelines and the safety protocols in place to do that, the, the, those guys will come back to you. Um, you know, we, we, I had the first conversation with our swim coach last week. You know, the, we have this beautiful state-of-the-art best in South Carolina swim facility getting ready to open up in North Charleston. Um, so, we're making preparations, and we've got a practice schedule built out for that. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're preparing as though all, all of our fall sports are going are gonna to operate. And, you know, in, in the back of our mind, we know they might not operate as normal, um, you know, but we... Uh, so I read this the other day in reference to schools uh, as we get close to August that, that if, if, you work, if you work in a school, you're going to have to learn to be fast and flexible because um, the rules may change from day to day to keep kids safe. Um, you've, got to be, you've got to be able to move quickly um, and do it without, you know, without you know, worrying about, oh, well, we've never done it this way before. This is not, you know, this is not ideal. You've got you to be flexible with, with how, how we approach things. Cause if, if we can't act in that manner, um, then we're probably not going to pull off you what know, the, 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 would, at this point, maybe be, be a miracle of sports this fall.
1: bye right now with the athletic director from Somerville High School, Brian Rutherford, joins us as we are looking not just at football because that's just one of a handful of sports that's going to possibly be affected come the fall of 2020 as this uh, new school year is right around the corner. Guys, we're, we're looking at July 4th. Uh, less than a week away. So that's an interesting uh, conversation here is, uh, Coach, the one thing that I've kind of put out there, and, again, I, I got zero pull when it comes to what happens <laughs> in the world. I get it. But I like to have dialogue. So I put out there, what are the chances of a flip-flopping this season? Now, that, of course, because you look at most seasons in spring, is already socially distanced, minus track, which I think you would be able to do that. You would just have to take – maybe the, the, the runners over here and these guys over here doing them kind of differently. I mean, it's going to take some work. And then taking the football season and maybe moving in because it isn't as socially distanced as others. You know, is there any kind of thought process from you? You've played all of these sports at one point in time, but being the athletic director, you know, I know you want these kids to play as much as anybody because you know that this A may be the last time they play an organized sport, or B, this may be the one time they have a chance to play in college.
5: Yeah, it's a it's a big deal, and we've got to figure out a way to do it. And I think the first thing that and I actually saw that post and enjoyed reading some of the comments, and there were there were some insightful comments, and there were some comments that, you know, you could tell that that some people had some serious issues with that. But um, again, back to what I said earlier, we you know, if we're as we as we approach this until we have a vaccine um, or an effective treatment protocol for COVID we're going to have to make sure that we err on the side of safety. You know, no oops moments. So that, that, if that means adjusting the rules of a sport or adjusting the practices of how we conduct a track meet, for instance, um, you know, I, I could definitely – my brother-in-law is actually athletic director at Newman Academy out in uh, New Orleans. Um, and uh, he, he sent me an article last week about the flipping of the, the, the fall and spring schedules. And, you know, that if, if things don't get better numbers-wise – it will probably take a visionary leader at our state level to, to to kind of work up a plan like that and and, and pull it off. But I, I think it could be done. Um, you know, obviously, it wouldn't be done perfectly. Um, you know, because there's still there's a lot of contact in a soccer game. Um, you know, it only takes one 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 kind of contact, and you know, all of a sudden the, the virus is spread and, and we've got an issue on our hands. Um, so yeah, I, I think it could be done. You know, it, and it may end up, you know. As we get closer and if things aren't improving, it may be in the, the, the most reasonable, realistic way that we can get uh, get our sports seasons in um, for these kids.
2: So, Coach, you know, one of the things you were talking about was uh, getting the sports in. Uh, if you were attending earlier, this year, by the way, you know, there's been some talk, at least some chatter, maybe some from fans, parents, uh, a few coaches, outlier ADs, whatnot, uh, about switching uh, the spring and fall sports is that something that you've thought about or talked about with your crew or your people about switching spring and fall sports to put the uh, you know the baseball and, and things like that in, in the fall and having football in the spring.
5: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think I think those things could be done. You know, again, it, it would we'd have to have some some pretty honest conversations about the you know, that we help about being flexible um, with you know, how how those sports run, what those rules look like. Um but I I definitely think that that's something that could be done. It would just take a commitment from the uh the leadership involved um at the state level and in leadership in our school districts to, to make sure to pull it off to make sure it happens.
2: And one other thing is that, you know, when I was out there doing the home run derby, the coaches were out there and I said, you know, I brought it up to some of the coaches at Ashton Ridge, 4D, you know, some of yours at Somerville. And the guys were like, you know, definitely, because we just lost our season and we want to coach. We want to, you know, train young men. We want to be on the field. Uh, the, the thing is with them and the overarching, you know, statement from those guys was, you know, here we are at the end of June. If we're going to start playing baseball, you know, competitively at the high school level, you know, in September, we need to know quickly because we need to have these guys, you know, on schedule, you know, because as you know, they start in December with some of their conditioning, you know, for seasons that begin two to three months later, which will be about that window right about now. So it is something that, you know, I'm happy to hear that you guys have been having that conversation. But uh, it, it seems to me that I know people are cautious, and there's a lot of let's wait and see, let's wait for the numbers to go up or down or whatever before we decide what to do. But you know, as you know, it's just something that it seems like if we're going to do that, we need to start having these conversations more on a uh, the the decision or the decider level, if you know what I mean, um, and see what we're going to do because you know there, you can't just show up day one and, and you know and have these kids ready to play ball. It's just not fair. No, I,
5: I agree, and that's the uh, you know back to that fast and flexible thing. Uh, you know. I've, you know, and I'll, I'll give you like our basketball coaches, for instance. I don't know when they can start their summer program, but I told them, I said, you guys need to have it written out and have, have everything that you want to do in a concise plan so that if I call you and say, you have 24 hours, you get to practice tomorrow, you can pull it off. So it, it's going to kind of be the same thing. We're going to have to prepare as though, you know, all right, if this is a reality and this is something that we're going to do, what does that look like and how do we do it and what's the minimum amount of time we have to have to get the kids ready to go into that first contest? And then we got to backfill the uh, the season from there, and we just have to be sitting on go, um, you know, for when the the people that hold the hold the power to make those kind of decisions make them, and you know, and then we'll, you know, we'll we'll, we'll make it happen, um, and we'll do it do it in a way that's fair and safe for the kids. Um, but again, you know, there's there's a unfortunately there's a lot of unknown territory between us, and and when that when that would all go down, and I think that's probably what leads to the hesitancy of. Uh, people to do anything too drastic because it, you know, things could get a whole lot better or, you know, I, I don't know. there's there's a lot, a lot of factors at play. And, and it, the, the most difficult part about this whole thing is, has been the, the lack of institutional knowledge, you know, worldwide about how to handle it, um, which I mean, makes any, any kind of projection about how we do business. like, just like throwing darts in the dark. I mean, you may or may not hit the target or you, you know, then that's the, that's the real worry, and I think that you know, our, our leadership is really concerned about about making sure they make the right calls, and so they, they're going to wait until they have all the information they can um, until they have to make that. We're live
1: right now with the Athletics Director from Somerville High School. Brian Rutherford joins us here on our campus tours. We hit the campus of Somerville High School in Somerville, South Carolina, and uh, when, when, you, when you kind of put everything – Together, Coach, uh, there's been a lot of things that are happening. Even though there's no season, boy, I tell you, they, they've kept us busy here and what we do and what you do because just last week there was a conversation about this open enrollment for the charter schools of South Carolina. Now, I don't want you to put anything out there that, that of course, uh, you can't. I know you won't. But I just wanted to get your thoughts because you and I do have uh, some dialogue going back. And, and coming from a public uh, school side of things, even though they, they are part of the public school Situation And there's some gray areas there, if you ask me. But you are 100%, no doubt about it, a public school over at Somerville. Uh, what's your thoughts as an athletic director? And I've had a, a couple of high school football coaches send me direct messages at some of the larger schools as well as like Somerville, not Somerville, but other schools that are very large here in the state, saying that they would love an open enrollment. Give me your thoughts and your educated Conversation here when it comes to something like this because you also do admin stuff as well at Somerville, But I just want to kind of give you guys a chance to, to speak on behalf of the ruling that was just given out.
5: Well, you know, it, I definitely get why the charter schools and, and like, I think Bishop England's involved in that lawsuit as well. I, I get why they they have to to fight this fight. I mean, I, I do understand it. It's a it's an economic thing for them um, part of. The attraction for for going to a high school is is being able to play athletics. And um, if a a percentage of their population wasn't allowed to play athletics, at least not their first year there, um, that that could potentially hurt their enrollment. Um, But that being said, them competing against schools that have defined geographic attendance areas and them really not having the same restriction is a significant advantage. and, and, you know, and I always knew in the back of my mind it was an advantage. Um, but then, uh, you know, I think I heard a statistic that was quoted back in the, in the spring about the, like the, it was some overwhelming percentage of championships at the 3A level and below that were, won, that were uh, won, say championships that were won by non-traditional schools like charter schools, um, you know, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and so then it really, I thought to myself, God, if I was at one of those public schools having to compete against that, I'd be really upset, um, because it, it, it it is an advantage when you have a, a larger number of students to draw on, just like, you know, as, as 5A schools in South Carolina, we have a significant advantage over 2A schools, and that's why we compete in our own 5A division, um, because we have a larger number of students, um, to draw on to create our sports teams, um. But, you know, I, I do. I definitely understand why they have to fight it. it you know, it, it's going it, to – that would potentially change how they do business and, and, and um, have, have an economic impact on their institution. So, I mean, you absolutely have to do it. But um, I also, from, from the public school side, I can certainly see that I, I would not – I wouldn't feel okay um, competing against a group that had that, that significant advantage over, over my kids, um, especially if, I, if I'm going to be yeah. a strong advocate
1: for kids in my building. I agree with that. I I do agree with that. And that was kind of my thing and my stance on it as well. It does give an upper hand to to individuals. I mean, again, realistically, if you're in the state of South Carolina, right, you're a taxpayer in the state of South Carolina and you're in Wahala, South Carolina, and you really want to get in that car and you want to drive to Oceanside, as long as you get there by the first time the bell rings and that class begins, you're in. I mean, that's, that's the realistic part. And, And certain people get nervous to hear that because it has an, and I said this, and I don't mean any throw any rocks, but it has an IMG kind of feeling to it. But it is what it is, coach. That's the way I look at it, you know. I mean, if you gotta call a spade a spade and and, and while you don't might not recruit them, it still gives you a different opportunity than let's say an Ian Rafferty or the new coaches uh, around the area here in Charleston have that that you know or don't have, right? I mean so that's just something I wanted to give you a chance to, to kinda give a voice to and coming from uh, uh, the second largest school in the state and, and being an athletic director yourself and uh, just being an athlete. And again, we, we get it. We understand it, but again, it, it does put it an uneasy feeling coach. Uh, before I get you out of here, I want to talk to some academics because Somerville does a phenomenal job, not only in the world of athletics, they really do a great job in the world of academics. They are of course the second largest high school in the state. You guys continue to do great things, taking, whether these young men and women go to college, they go into the military, they go into the workplace. You guys have put in the 600 building, if I'm not mistaken, and that building is nothing but an opportunity to educate our young people to be ready to walk into the life that they may be getting into in the next chapter. Coach, talk a little bit about uh, the academics, and a great job well done by you and the entire staff. And, of course, Mr. Farrell was putting together a graduation on a football field, and I hope that doesn't go anywhere. I think – I hope that's something that does stick with us after COVID's coming
5: gone. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, Richie, uh, you just put a smile on my face the, the, the graduation was fantastic, man. And I, that, you know, In addition to just the looks on the kids' faces and the, the great feelings we got that day, the, the mobilization of, of the dozens and dozens of people in Dorchester District 2 um, to work hard, work together, um, to pull that off, I mean, I, I don't know – you know, the general public might not have realized, but the, the administrative staffs of all three high schools work all three graduations. So, you know, when we got done Monday with the summer graduation. Uh, we had to go quickly debrief and get ready because we had to show up the next morning five o'clock um, at Fort Dorchester. Um, you know, and then likewise the, the following day at Ashley Ridge. Um, in fact, when the sprinklers came on at Ashley Ridge, uh, some of the people that I was working with kind of made fun of me because. I took off on, on a dead sprint toward the field as if I was going to do anything because I was thinking to myself, if I could just v- see where the box is, I might be able to get there and, and cut it off. And you know, finally I got to the fence and I was like, I, I just don't, I don't I don't know where the box is. Um, but yeah, the graduation was just a it, it was tremendous, and, and and like I said, the uh, the teamwork to pull that together um, it's kind of it's kind of stuff that gives you goosebumps when you think about. It. But at it, Somerville, and, and really in Dorchester, too, um, as a whole, we're really blessed. Um, we we have not just a a, a large group of really, really good teachers that can teach in the classroom. They care about kids. Um, They care about kids being successful. Um, They'll go the extra, uh, you know, there's an old saying about going the extra mile. They go the extra 10 miles for their kids. Um, And I think one of the, one of the other good things that I've pulled out of this, um, because I do, I work with the social studies department in addition to the the education department. Um, So I've I've got a connection back into the academic part of the, the, the school was all the things that our teachers were doing to communicate with, engage with, support, um, you know, love on our kids, and, 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 you know, while we were out for the, the, the COVID um, closures. And, and it, like I said, it, it was just all inspiring, humbling to me uh, to, be, to be able to be a part of that effort. Um, but I, I couldn't have been more proud of the way those teachers handled themselves um, and really just. I mean, I, I, love is really the only word that comes to mind when I think about it. I mean, they really love their kids. Um, and to have a, a, a faculty board in Somerville, so you know, obviously I think we're like 168 teachers, um, that, that's a really special thing to have that many people focused on student success. And when, when you get that many people focused on student success, it's going to happen. Um, we're going to make it happen one way or another. Um, like I said, I just I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Cause it, it is, you know, truly to me one of, the, one of the more special parts of my job is getting, getting to work with all those folks up at Somerville High School. Um, the leadership team there, second to none, um, again, a, a group loves kids, loves seeing them be successful. You know, breaks our heart when we see something, somebody falls short. Um, you know, I mean, But as much as it breaks our heart, our creative gears are turning about how to, how to fix it, make it better, provide another opportunity. Um, that's the business we're in is, is relationships and opportunities um, so that when the kids leave us, they, they, can make, they have options about what they can do in their, in their lives outside of uh, once they leave high school. Um, and that's, you know, like I said, that, that's, when I get up every day, I look forward to going to work. Um, and and I, I, I know that we're going to be successful because we've got a, a bunch of student-centered folks up there at the, at the high school that, that really want to see their kids do well.
1: By right now, the athletic director plays multiple roles, as he would uh, as an athletic director. But, of course, he does a lot of things in the administration side of things as well with uh, Mr. Kenny Farrell, who is the principal of Somerville High School. And uh, you talk about a great staff around you in the classrooms, but I tell you, the administration, I've been a part of the family around 2011 and 12. And you know, I've seen some guys come and go, but it seems like you guys continue to just uh, keep that positive vibe and, and that family feeling there in the hallways. As we're live with Coach Brian Rutherford. Coach, we got a lot of people listening here tonight that, that they're asking me week after week after week, Look, no matter what, are we, are we even if we can't get into the stadium to watch the games, are we going to do everything in our power? Kind of maybe give us uh, this scenario. Would it be kind of like graduation where you only had mom and dad in the stands because of the social distance rule, or would it be like it was back in the day where you saw the mask on the faces? So, uh, I know we'll be a part of it with the radio side of life, but uh, if, if you don't mind kind of touch on that before we get you out of here when – uh, worst-case scenario, what are we looking at on a Friday night in
5: Somerville? You know, I, I don't – Rich, I, again, I, I'd go back to what I said earlier. It would be like throwing darts in the dark. But the one thing that I can tell folks listening, if if we're able to have football games and, 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 and there's a safety protocol that goes along with it, we're going to have them and we're going to follow that safety protocol. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be, you know, undeterred because of a, a level of – of, of hard work that it requires from me or our staff, we'll make it happen. Um, you know that that that's the one thing. But it's you know it's obviously going to be dependent on you know what what our health officials um, and experts recommend. Um, but if there's a way to do it, uh, we're going to do it. I mean, I, I, I just I think that our community, our kids, they they need this. Um, you know, you know, and I, I don't want to bring up the racial tension um, that. It's gripped our country in the last few weeks. But one of, the, one of the great things that helps you learn to trust the people around you, no matter what they look like or act like or where they're from, is sports. Um, and so we've got to the, – if there's a way for us to have sports, we have to have sports. Um, and we're, we're, we, we've got to you know, – like I just bragged on, we've got a bunch of student-centered, hard-working people at that high school. Um, and, you know, no matter what the restrictions are, you know, we, we'll, we'll work. We'll, we'll make sure that they're in place, um, and we'll make it happen. And final uh, thing, Coach, for you,
1: we were there Friday night. I know you probably sat back and listened uh, maybe with us here on the radio, but uh, Somerville well represented in the first-ever Dorchester County trifecta, if you will, there between Somerville, Ford, and Ashey Ridge, uh, and it was Somerville. They got to bring home the first-ever trophy for home run derby. Brody Hopkins went against uh, – of course, is uh, Mr. Uh, Palma, who uh, gave him a battle, man. I mean, it was a heck of a one-two punch after punch after punch. But your thoughts on seeing something like that, even though it wasn't a sanctioned high school league official deal, you still saw these young men out there socially distanced and getting one more chance to do something for their school.
5: I, I think it was fantastic, Richie. And, I, you know, I, I, Brody Hopkins you know, is going to go down as one of my all-time favorite student athletes that I got the opportunity to work with. Um, you know, and I, I was I was still at Somerville with his bro, older brother, TJ, was a freshman there. By the time I got back with the athletic director, he, he was obviously at Carolina. Um, and, and, you know, TJ was the same way, just a great young man to be around. And then Logan, again, fantastic young man. Um, and I think uh, Capers, Molinaroli uh, also made the final. Um, right. and, uh, Capers, Capers and I go back to our Oakbrook days. He, he was one of my Oakbrook guys. <laughs> um, so I've known him for a long time. They, just the I think that the home run derby was a good example of, you know, the, the, our kids will respect the, the rules and guidelines, you know, this, for safety that are put on them. We just have to you know, let them know what they are and, and make sure they're equipped to follow them. Um, and then you can host events. You can do things. Obviously that wasn't a baseball game, which is a little bit different. Um, but if, if we're willing to be flexible and smart and creative, um, you know, we, I think we can, we can pull a lot of things off. And I appreciate the guys that put that thing together. Because um, I know it wasn't easy, um, but it did. It gave our kids one more time to shine. Um, you know, ho- hopefully, some of the some of the some private organizations for some of these other sports we can can kind of get together, and maybe give you know one more opportunity for our kids to get on the field that are leaving off to, to head off to college next year or military careers. Um, but no, that that was a fantastic, event. I appreciate you guys covering I enjoyed listening to it. So that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt about
1: it. Of course, also representing Somerville was Ahmad Tucker. Uh, you also had Juan Valquez on there and Sean O'Brien. Unfortunately, Sean couldn't make it. He had a prior engagement there, but uh, definitely the crowd was there. The, the, the Somerville Colors were represented well, Coach. And as always, I know we're up against break now, but uh, thank you for giving me time on Sunday night and being a part of what we're doing here. And, you know, again, you and I go way back, uh, all the way back to your middle school days, right over at Oak Brook where our boys actually played Satoma football together. Uh, and won a championship that year too. So we got a lot of success together. But I'm looking forward to getting together here soon and uh, talking some football and doing some things with football here hopefully in the next couple of weeks, coach.
4: Yeah, hey
5: let's let's uh Richie, let's make sure we get together next week. We'll find a six foot table we can sit on the opposite ends of. All right. <laughs> you got it, buddy. God bless. Love you man. Take care of you, the family
1: tell me we say hello. Y'all too guys. Thank y'all for what you're doing. Have a great night. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The coach of the Athletics Department, Coach Brian Rutherford, checks in with us. We got another coach from uh, Somerville, a very familiar name in Somerville, Coach Sharpie, Bo Sharpie. He'll bring his shenanigans, his baseball, some trophies, and some conversation. That's all coming up next right here on Southern Sports Central on Block Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. And hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie I'm alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina. We're virtually on the campus of Somerville High School with uh, getting wrapped up with the athletic director and the business at hand was about five different topics. You can go back to our Twitter page at SO Sports Central to recap all the things that were said during that 30 minute interview. Of course, uh, Coach Rutherford, uh, you know, he's my boss. Come Friday nights uh, during the high school season, he and I have uh, gotten a chance to work together. Uh, a lot of nights on Fridays and uh, seeing a lot of good things and some tough things. And, uh, boy, I would say it's uh, looking forward, hopefully, another great season here ahead. As long as there is going to be football, well, there will be some radio. So, we're excited about that. Now we head back to the campus. We're going to go to the baseball field where Bo Sharpie is probably sitting there in center field in a lounge chair at a uh, a Gatorade. Well, I guess you guys use Towerade in Somerville. What's up, Coach? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, always a pleasure. You know, you and I, actually, we talk about football on Friday nights. This is my color analyst, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is kind of a deep, deep deal. But I don't know, have you been in here with me? You've been in here a couple times. Haven't you been on the radio with me here?
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a couple times uh, I've called in. You've, uh, you've given me a little air time, and I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it tonight. <laughs> really appreciate what you, what you did on Friday night for our seniors um, and for the seniors across Dorchester District, too. Man, what what a what a great night that was, and and uh, you made it even even better by by allowing folks who couldn't make it out there, who wanted to stay to stay away from the field for DHEC purposes or what have you, to be able to tune in and and uh, and follow along and and pull for their favorite low country or di- district two uh, baseball senior. So thank you, Richie. Yeah, we appreciate you letting us uh, be there, and you also
1: invited us. We actually went out and, and hung out with you a little bit afterwards, so that was a lot of fun and. Uh, again, all that you do now, for you guys who don't know, Bo Sharpie is the head baseball coach of Somerville. He played his days in Somerville. He went to Clemson, where he played a few sports there as well. Comes back home and does what he did when he was here the first time. But this time, he's coaching. Instead of uh, playing the game, Uh, of course, he's a teacher in the classroom. And i got to be honest with you, Coach, uh, you have the most entertaining classroom led by yourself, by the way, that I've ever had a chance to sit in and be a part of. But, uh, man, they didn't have cool teachers like that when we were growing up, man. Most of our teachers or at least on my end, we either were dying
6: or dying, man. I mean, they were older, but you guys are a little bit younger. Well, you know, hey, I, I just try to create an atmosphere and an environment that I would have wanted to sit in when I was a senior in high school. And, uh, and you know, it's a lot of fun. I got, you know, uh, Mr. Rutherford and, and Mr. Farrell have, have been so fortunate uh, to me, so, so kind to me, and, uh, and, and given me a, a schedule that includes a lot of seniors, you know, with government and economics. Um, and, uh, you know, the seniors are just, they've, they've been there, done that, and they're, they have one more year and they're ready to get out. And, um, and it's just, uh, it's, it's a different perspective for me. And it's been, it's been a good past three years in the classroom. So I try to make it fun for them while also teaching them, uh, the key concepts that, that are required by the state of South Carolina and by our district and, um, and get them, get them career ready, um, and, and, and life, you know, help them to make, be a lifelong learner and, and get them ready for for the next level. Get them ready for their undergraduate programs that they enter into, or, or you know, military careers, and and um, just uh, you know, we, we we learn a little bit more than than econ or government in that classroom. And uh, you've seen it before, so uh,
7: yeah, it's yeah.
6: Uh, the classroom, man, is is, uh, is where it all starts, and and uh, that's why I try to preach to our to our players, and and they they get it, they get it, and um, the ones that don't get it eventually get it. It may be a little too late uh, as far as eligibility goes, but, but eventually they get it and, um, and realize, hey, this is what matters the most is, is what I do in this classroom and what happens on the athletic field uh, certainly is, um, is all gravy after that. And, um, and, uh, but, yeah, it's, um, real quick, Richie, I'd like to take the time to just thank our, our seniors um, real quick if I could. Brody Hopkins, um, Ahmaud Tucker, Sean O'Brien, Logan Palma, Capers, Melina Roley, T.J. Tillman, Juan Volquez—special guys, seven special young men um, that have been a, a big part of our program for four, five plus years—and um, you know, just unfortunate we couldn't we couldn't finish their senior years, uh, you know, with by, by playing out their entire schedule. And you know, I, you know, this is a—we all know what the what the what the storyline is there behind that, but. Uh, I just uh, I love these guys and I just wanted to, to thank them again while we're while we're on the air. And I don't know who's listening and and if they are, if people out there, you know, th- these are seven special young men that 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 you can hire to work at your at your business, or you can you can count on to to be a good student at the next You know, you know, in, in college, uh, you can trust them in the community. And and the, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for all seven of these guys. And, and you were right there with us at kicking chicken there night as we. You know, socially distanced apart, we uh, uh, we 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 broke bread and and um, and and you know shared a meal together one last time and and um, just enjoyed each other's company and and I you know we gave them their athletic letters and a special engraved bat for their senior year and and uh, I just wanted to thank them uh, real quick and and I appreciate them. They had a great time at the uh, at the home run derby, but I, I just wanted to say you know to them again. You know thanks for all you've done for our program and our program wouldn't be uh, as consistent or wouldn't be where we are now without their their hard work and dedication and um, just love them to death and and um, and and we know success is on is on the horizon for them and whatever they they do we have a few going to play you know collegiately we have a few that we have, we have a couple that that are hoping to play still collegiately and I think they will get the opportunity and we have a couple that are just going to go to school and and I think they're going to be we're going to find success in whatever they choose to do because they're hardworking young men. They're they're young men of character and and um and just very proud of them. And and um and I want to also thank the community for coming out. You know I saw Coach Darrell Tucker show up. Uh, that just meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to our to our young to our young people. You have seen a wrestling coach come out to to our um, to our home run derby. You know and he doesn't. You know he's not he's not a baseball coach, but he he came out and supported us. Uh, a lot a lot, of, a lot of family and friends that came out. You know and followed the. The help, precaution rules, and and what have you, and just supported these guys one last time, and just thank you to the town of Somerville and and uh, what they did, and and uh, just meant a lot to these guys. It meant a lot more than, than people would think uh, to have one last chance to to get with their buddies, even 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 the the crosstown rivals that we like to we like to talk about beating you know on a consistent basis, and uh, you know those guys are are, are very close. They're, they're friends. And, um, and they, they just really enjoy competing one more time against those guys. And so want to thank people for coming out. And I know we had a lot of moms and dads out there, but we saw, you know, Captain Hutt, you know, brought his family out there. Daniel Hutt, one of our underclassmen. Um, you know, we had some, you know, some other, some other program members out there. And just want to thank everybody for coming out on Friday night. No doubt about it. Live right now with the head baseball coach over at Somerville. We're there at Greenway Park
1: virtually with uh, the coach Bo Sharpie, he talks about his seniors, those sensational seven that will all graduate or have graduated. It's over. They're done. They're, they're adults officially with their degrees in their hands, their diplomas in their hands. Some of them, of course, going to go play a sport. Some of them uh, just going to go in and, and do their thing in college. Either way, whatever they do, and he's mentioned this, and I can speak on behalf of not only our baseball coaching program, but every athletic coach across the board over there that Coach Rutherford has hired. And even before, of course, with Coach McKissick, you know, it is a stringer's process because the expectation is, is there. You know, it's, it's when, but it starts over here. And, again, over here is the classroom. Of course, uh, Coach Harpe is also a, a, a teacher who teaches history, by the way. But this class of 2020, man, they're making history. They are a part of history because, remember, they came in during 9-11. They're leaving out of here with COVID-19. It's like if they can't get through anything, Man, who can? And and, and I looked at these seven men. Of course, six of them were able to play on Friday night. One of them had a previous engagement, but he did make it to the Kick and Chicken. It was good to see him. He's heading to the Citadel. Uh, So we're excited about Mr. O'Brien there. So when you put everything together, Coach, uh, when you look at everything and you sat down with these kids, you know, what would you say the most about this senior class, unlike any other senior class because you've now been the head coach for this is what your third going into your fourth season, right?
5: Uh, fourth
6: going in the fifth, Richie. But yes, sir. Uh, good it's question. You know, yeah, we just we, you know we just talked to him about you know life. Um, and and this is a this is a great life learning lesson for everybody, much less these sen- these seven seniors in our baseball program. You know, the one thing we we talked to him about is there's one thing that's certain in life, and that's change. You're gonna have change. You're gonna have adversity, and that's like the game of baseball. And 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 you you it's all how you respond. And 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 you have to be mentally focused, mentally strong. That's like the old the old story about the captain who has a sailor come up to him and say, Hey, we have ten boats attacking us, uh, Captain. What should I do? And the captain says, Hey, get bring me my red shirt. So they can't see me bleed. My my crew can't see me bleed. And he says, Hey, comes back, he says, Hey, uh I've got twenty more ships. I was wrong. There's twenty ships within a half mile radius of us. What do you want me to do? Bring me my brown pants. Uh you know, you can't, you can't show, you can't show, um, a weakness. I mean, you can't, you can't, our, our message to our seniors was basically, you know, you gotta, you gotta be ready for anything that happens and, and, and you gotta be mentally tough and, 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 and be prepared, be prepared. Uh, the, the one thing in life is that's constant is change and, and, um, you know, uh, expect adversity, uh, right now. Um, cause it, it's coming that just like in the baseball game, you know, we can't, we can't overreact. We can't. We can't. We have to play the next play, and that's kind of what what life has dealt us right now. We have to play the next play. What's next? Well, listen, it is what it is. What are you going to do right now to make yourself better? Be better today than you were tomorrow. And that's kind of uh, that's kind of what these seven guys have. I know I went kind of to China and back to New York with that story about the captain, but um, but you know the, the 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 point of that story was you know hey. Uh, don't overreact in, in circumstances don't don't you know be prepared do what you are, are coached to do. do what you have been taught to do by your parents, by your coaches, by your school administrators and your teachers and um and 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 you're going to live a successful life and, and um and, and a life that you'll be proud of at the end of the day so but man these I uh, can't say enough about these seniors, and I know you got one coming on the line. Brody Hopkins and then Logan Palma and, and those two guys, man, wow, what a what a performance on Friday night though, man. Uh, you know, thirty four home runs and then Logan hit I don't know what, twenty five. I mean, I, right. I and, and Logan Logan worked a ten hour day before the home run derby. A ten hour day. Brody Hopkins played in, in a baseball game before that. Um you you talk about some stamina, some guys that, that hadn't taken COVID off. Those guys have been putting into into work, um, behind the scenes and like, you know, the old adage, you know, um, you know, characters shown when nobody's looking. I mean, those guys came in ready to roll. Uh, Capers went and another one that was ready to rock and, and, and roll whenever. Coach Phil Tobin, who you going to have on? And, and that guy, that guy threw a 1,000 pitches. Probably 1,000 pitches, Richie. That guy threw them. But he also, uh, gave, but he also gave up. Um, half of those were home runs, though, Coach.
1: So his ERA, not well, very
6: good. That, well, they, luckily that was the goal. You know, luckily he, his goal was to find barrels, and that's what he did. Um, but man, right. we're lucky to have we're lucky to have so many so many people in our program, and obviously our seniors that are graduating. But a but a strong club that's coming back, a strong team, and uh, we're ready to make a run next year. We're ready to make a We are ready to make a run this year. You can write it down. We're ready to make a run next year, and uh, we got a, We we got a good team coming back, um, and uh, we got good coaching. And uh, as you saw with the BP guy other night, Coach Phil Tobin, not a better coach in the state of South Carolina than Coach Phil Tobin. And um, and and, that, and he can also throw a really good BP, by the way. If if any pro team is out there and they, they need a BP guy, he's your guy. Um, but, man, just uh, thank you for everything you do. And I know getting kind of long-winded, but um, coming in, two seniors coming in behind me on, on the air. But, but um, man, as you uh, and Mr. Rutherford earlier kind of mentioned, Hopefully we'll get back to some normalcy here, uh, but if not, you know what? Hey, just like we talked, we talked to the players about. We try to teach them and and get them to understand, you know, control the controllables, control what you can control, and and you know, if if this thing presents itself where we can get back on the field in a safe way, we'll love it. But if not, we got to do the best we can and make the best we can out of any situation, and and um, I think we're ready to do that going into this year, and that's the Somerville way, and. And we're going. We're going to work hard and succeed any way we can. And um, just appreciate you having me on, Richie. And and um, I don't want to get too long winded, but love you guys and, and and your boy Eugene, Eugene back there in the studio, wherever you might be. Uh, you know, just appreciate you, man. And and uh, good to meet you other night. And Richie, thank thank you for all you do for Summerville Athletics.
1: Hey man, it's a pleasure, mine. And, and he
6: mentioned. He mentions, of course, the future is bright. The Messina
1: boys, by the way, one's going to be a freshman, one's going to be a senior, and they're both doing great things. Thanks to social media keeping up with that. Of course, he's got a very good group of seniors coming up. The juniors that are coming up at Somerville in this baseball program are incredible as well. The future is very bright, even though we hate to see the guys like We've mentioned the seven that are leaving. But this is the protocol. This is what happens. We get to know these kids,
4: and they abandon us,
1: Coach. We do have to go to breaks Brody Hopkins. Is on the line. We're going to come back right after this, and we'll be live with that of the Home Run Derby 2020. He took down 12 guys in three schools and one trophy, winning his back pocket on the way home. Well, at least in his car. Either way, we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live. Coming up next, we got him, Brody Hopkins. And like that, ladies and gentlemen, we're back here, ready to rock and roll. Southern Sports Central rolling through. This segment brought to you by our friends over there at Simmons Barbershop, located at 139 North Main Street, downtown Somerville. The number call is 843-873-2861. They're closed on Sunday and Tuesday. You've got to get in there early on a Saturday. That means before 1130. And uh, they shut down. Every day, but those three days, about 4.30, but you got to catch them early. Make sure you plan a little bit of a conversation on top of the haircut because I'm telling you, the experience is just as important as the haircut. So, with that being said, we head back to uh, the hotline, and we've got him right here with us. Brody Hopkins, what's up, big man?
0: What's up, Richie?
1: Always a pleasure, man. i tell you what, dude, you started right where you left off, just slapping it across the fence Friday night. And uh, that's the first home run derby I've ever called. And uh, I was uh, I was impressed, to say the least, by the 12 guys on the field. But uh, I kind of expected you to continue to do what you do. And anytime time you put on that Somerville color, man, it's like the Hulk comes out in you, bro. You just uh, do great things from football to baseball. I was hoping you were going to do basketball and maybe some wrestling, but, but I get it. I get it. You can only do but so much. Hi, yes, sir. So when you look at things, Brody Hopkins, you're heading to the College of Charleston. You're going to play for a, a guy that you've kind of grown up knowing because he coached your brother at South Carolina in Chad Holbrook. And uh, that has to be kind of a neat story. You're going to major in broadcast journalism. Wow, that's fun. We talked about you, by the way, Friday night. and uh, When you get some spare time, I may get you to come do some Somerville games with me on Friday night. That'd be some good. Uh, maybe you get some credit in, in school for some of that. That'd be a lot of fun, man. But before we talk about the college and knowledge and your baseball career going forward. Man, what a legacy you've left behind there at Summerville, man. I mean, of course, you're the low country male athlete of the year. Uh, you know, again, that's a, that's a Hopkins tradition, evidently, because your brother did it a few years ago as well. Uh, you continue to take home the accolades in, in, in baseball, but man, football, you were there in football. I, I still think, and, and I know I get, you know, conversations with this, but I think you could have played college football as much as anybody else in this area and anybody else in the state. You had great hands your ability to, to get open and just to make a play happen and take a hit. I mean, I've seen you take a hit and jump right back up and keep it moving. But uh, talk football first, man, because I want to give you some love in both sports because you gave everything you got in both. But football, you played for Coach Call. You've been in here with us before, by the way. But uh, you you left it, man. You left everything you had on the football field. And, and of course, your, your awards and your accolades show with that, buddy.
0: Yeah, man, just uh, to be able to play football was a huge blessing. You know, like, uh, growing up, I've always played three sports, and then when it came to high school is when I shut basketball down and only played church basketball, really, but came to football and baseball. And I never really thought of taking football to the next level, so I just kind of just played it just to play it, basically. But then I kept falling in love with it more and more and just loved the game. And, uh, yeah, speaking of Coach Call, love I love that man to death. And I just – I love the whole summer football program, all the coaches. They really took a toll on me with everything, football and life.
1: Well, you definitely uh, learned along the way. Before uh, we had your baseball coach in here, Coach Sharpie, we had the athletic director, uh, of course, uh, in here with us. And that was Brian Rutherford. And uh, he spoke highly of you as well and and spoke a lot of great things about you, which, again, I've had the chance of watching you, man, forever. It seems like all the way from the Little League now to – we're gonna watch you get to the big leagues. It's inevitable. I think you're heading that way in a fast way. But you know, to call your name on the radio to me was, uh, man, it was just a lot of fun. You know, and I was, I was kind of hurt a little bit from you seniors, especially you guys like you that double sport. You know, I, I enjoy calling that name. You know, it's just kind of there's Certain names, McCurry comes to mind. You know, there's just certain big names in this town, and you know the McCurrys extremely well, growing up with all of them. Man, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I think we gotta wait on you guys to, before we call another. Uh, Hopkins' name, but you know, for your dad and your mom, and I believe you had a you know a grandparent at the event Friday night. Man, wh- what did it mean to you when, when you, of course you get this call, you know Don Stanford and the guys over there at Somerville Rec Department says we're going to put together a, a home run derby. This is kind of uh, what you would ask for during social media times, right?
4: Yeah,
0: got the text. Uh, I think like um, I think Sharpie is the one that mentioned it to me first before anything. And as soon as he said something about it, I was on board with it. I was like. Yeah, I'm gonna do it, of course. Why not?
4: <laughs> of
0: course you
1: not only did it, you did it in fashion, but did you realize that your guy that you would go against in the finals, and I think y'all went to like three sudden death overtimes, it was definitely extra inning baseball for us on Friday night for two hours and thirty seven minutes. Uh did you realize it would be Mr. Palmer that you would go against? Or who was the guy that you, you know, kind of had your eye on?
0: I uh I honestly at the beginning thought it would be a Tat. But I never, I never slept on Logan or anything because I knew, I knew what he could do because I've hit BP with him for four years, so I knew exactly what he could do. But I, I thought it was Pat until we had to go against each other in the semifinal. So I knew it had to be one of my teammates, and in the final with me.
1: Now, mine is was it, wasn't it thirteen? Wasn't that the number that you, <laughs> you walked out of the yes, batter's with thirteen home runs? So I mean, this guy's yes, coming sir. out. It's like being down five laps in NASCAR. Or, or four touchdowns in football. I mean, this is um, – and baseball is a mind game, right? I mean, baseball is a mind game. Uh, yeah. You know, going back to your football conversation, there's a guy up at uh, Dutch Fork who's going to be going to Clemson. I'm sure you guys uh, know each other, but you'll definitely get a chance to play against one another as the College of Charleston and Clemson do have a series together at some point uh, going forward with Monty's connection to the college as well. Uh, you know, he said the same thing. He, he had always thought football was – something that he did, but it wasn't something that he was going to do. Didn't realize he was going to have the success he had. Same kind of goes for you, you know, your success, you know, and I remember the conversation with you and I in September, about about late September, you said, man, I, I don't know, man. I kind of like this football thing. But, of course, God's vision is a lot bigger than ours, and uh, our purpose is there. But, you know, when you look at what you're going to leave and, and now go and do at the College of Charleston, let's walk towards uh, downtown into Charleston area where you'll be playing over there. Uh, with Coach Holbrook, uh, I'm sure you've stayed in touch with him since his days at the College of Charleston. Uh, you had multiple opportunities to go to multiple places, but why the College of Charleston?
0: And uh, what
1: what made you pick this field that we're on right now in broadcast journalism?
0: Um, the College of Charleston was one of my top it – was, it was my top three with Clemson and Carolina also. And then I just – you know, Coach Holbrook played a big role in that. And then just Charleston is my home it reminds me so much of somerville in many ways and i just i just love charleston love downtown and yeah just just downtown and and coach 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 holbrook that's really the main reasons and you know i was stuck between um i was stuck between real estate and like communications like broadcast journalism and you know i've always done like interviews with you, done interviews with, like, the news and stuff. And i just – I've always loved it. I've always loved being behind – like, being on the camera and talking. So, I just knew that's what I wanted to do and wanted to do that, like, pursue career with.
1: Well, the good news, Brody, is you can still do both. I mean, unfortunately or unfortunately, we do have a little bit more time uh, to, to probably go sell a few houses along the way, call a few football games. But, again, the door is open and the opportunity is there. If you're not doing anything on a Friday night, you come and say, hey, man, I'm on the way. I'll mic you up. You'll hang out oh, yeah. with me in the box that night, and we'll, we'll have some fun, man. It'll be different. I'm telling you. You know, the good thing about being in the press box, you can ask Coach Sharpie and even uh, the other coaches that we've had in, up there with me as well, there's food in the press box where we are. At least when we're home. We, we eat well at home, all right? We may not eat well, and sometimes we're outside on the road, but when we're at home, man, it, it, it's like being in a, in a penthouse suite, man. You know, Coach Chris Digby, man, he, he was like, man, if I knew there was the food up here then, I would have – I'd have been up here with you a long time ago. So I think you'll enjoy it. your brother. By the way, you got a chance to do it with me last year. You remember, he did a good job. I was impressed with his ability. So I don't think there's anything the Hopkins House hasn't taught you guys how to do. And I expect you to continue to do great things. Um, you know, again, I appreciate your efforts each and every game. It didn't matter what it was that you're the most competitive kid I've been around a long time. And if it's going to be marble racing, you're going to win. If it's walking down the hallway, my God, you were winning that race too. But. Uh, we're going to miss your energy, you know, around the school. We're going to miss your uh, personality around the school. And, and just, uh, again, like you said, you like the camera, but you like the entertainment, but you also like the conversation. And, and I think if that's something that I can tell you, Brody, going forward, man, that's something that you can't teach those things in a classroom, buddy. And, and God has already instilled that in you, and your parents have done a great job raising you. And, uh, you know, this community is very proud of you, and I can't wait, man. You, you actually did a selfless thing. You could have went anywhere and played, but yet you stay in our backyard where – you know, we can load up the cars and we can come and watch you over there, just hit a few home runs and uh, do some things. What position are you going to play for Coach Holbrook and the Cougars?
0: I will be playing the outfield and I will also be pitching.
1: Nice. And, of course, uh, you're you're a little bit tall there. So, uh, real quick before we get you out of here, give us uh, your your length, man. How tall are you and, and how is the weights treating you uh, as you guys are uh, – well, where are you working out? Because, of course, you're not at Somerville now. Now you're – kind of in that transition between being a Cougar and a Green Wave.
0: Yes, sir. I am, uh, I'm I'm six four, and I weigh right now 183. I've been working out at uh, Planet Fitness almost every day. And
1: as you can tell, the Home Run Derby, uh, I don't know, what do you mean? Uh, 34 home runs I think you had the other night. Um,
0: yes, any, any
1: advice, uh, as we get Coach Tobin in here to wrap this up at the end of the hour, any advice on this guy? He's not really the greatest pitcher, man. He gave up a billion home runs. The DRA is <laughs> out of this roof, and I think he's going to go on the wall of shame as far as the highest ERA in the history of Somerville Reg Department, man. What's your advice to him, and maybe some words that you want to leave behind your baseball coaches who I know love you very much?
0: Man, Coach, Coach Tobin, that's that's one of my favorite coaches of all time by far. I love that man to death. But uh, I'm sure if it wasn't a home run derby, he could have easily k all of us up easily. <laughs> that man can hit spots that are unbelievable. It's like a machine is pitching. Uh, to my other coaches, Coach uh, Coach Sharpie. I love that man. He uh, he's done great things for me. Coach Osherman, he came in late, uh, but me and him created a, a great bond. Never really uh, never argued. Always was on the same page about everything. And then Coach Bridges, love I love that man to death. He's like he's like blood related basically. Had that man in my life since I was born. And then. Coach Dominguez, who came this year, or Coach Bishop, my bad, came in this year. Uh, yeah, me and him were starting to create a bond. And I just – I love all my coaches to death, and can't thank them enough for everything they've done for me.
1: Well, the one thing we like to do, Brody, and I think you might have done this with us, but we're going to give you another chance to do it here as you're a senior. And congratulations, by the way, on, on graduating. And, you know, you got to do something a lot of guys at Somerville and girls at Somerville haven't done, and that's graduate on the football field over there. And uh, what better place for you to graduate than the football? Walk us through that experience and, and then anything you'd like to leave behind, the guys that uh, are going to stay at Somerville and to your class of 2020. What do you got to say to those guys and girls?
0: Oh, man, the uh, the experience on the football field, it was something else. It was – it was the humidity was going crazy, though. It was hot. I wore some, some small shoes, so I had a bunch – I had bad blisters on the back of my feet, but the experience was great. Uh, I loved every second of it. Loved walking across the stage. Loved hearing my name get called and grabbing my diploma. Uh, to the guys behind me, or you said the guys in my class, or the guys behind me.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Talk about the guys in your class, and then leave a little message for the guys that you're going to leave behind, as far as uh, the the juniors and sophomores and freshmen, of course.
0: I love all my guys, all all of them. Um, the boy, the guys in my class, they all would work hard, especially Palma, papers. They, they they worked their tail off day in, day out, just to get better. And it, it worked it worked off. They both are going to play college baseball somewhere. And Ahmad Tucker, he's going somewhere too. And then we have TJ and Juan and Sean. They're all going to uh, pursue academics. So I'm proud of all my boys, especially them, them six. I'm i I'm very proud of them. And then the boys behind me, y'all need to pay close attention to them. They're about to make a run next year, and it's, it's going to be something special. Yeah, no
1: doubt about it. Brody, as always, man, much love to you. We expect to see you, by the way, in the press box uh, in the upcoming season. You and I will catch up, and we'll go grab some lunch on me. We'll have some fun, and uh, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for letting me call your name, and thanks so much. And tell mom and dad, man, it's the hardest thing to do is to watch you guys become knuckleheads, become All-Americans in in four years. You go from one end to the other end, but, you know, I've uh, had a chance to be a part of your growth and so many great stories and calling touchdowns on the end zones and home runs over the fences, man. It, it's been a blast. So I look forward to sitting in the stand somewhere at the college of knowledge and watch you do the same thing, but just at the next level, buddy.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you for everything, Reggie. You got it, buddy. Enjoy the
1: rest of your day. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, Brody Hopkins checking in and checking out with us. We got another one coming. That's right. We're going to go, well, to the man who gave it all he got. He was a swing away from taking it. To another round. When we come back, James Palmer, who is heading to Erskine College to play baseball, he's going to major in some things while he's there. Get him an education, of course, uh, is the goal. And he'll be doing that as he plans on uh, studying sports management and physical education. So we'll check in right out of this break with the one and only James Palmer. And I believe he just wrapped up playing a game of baseball. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie. I'm a long Eugene Benton. This is Southern Sports Central, brought to you by our friends, of course, down the road to the tent farm, located at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston, South Carolina, of course, 843-297-4131. That's how you get in touch with the farm to get all the tents that you need, whether it be your house, your car, or your business. You can find them on the web at tentfarm.com. I want to correct myself here and uh, make sure I say Logan Palmer, who's going to be joining us here next, coming out of this, here, Logan, first of all, buddy, uh, much love to you. Glad to have you here with us tonight. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're playing a little baseball, or coming back from baseball, correct?
8: Uh, Actually, we just got home just about an hour ago from uh, Columbia. Cool, man. So
1: how did you do today after playing baseball Friday night? Were you there yesterday as well?
8: Yes, sir. I sure was.
1: So you guys uh, were able to pick up some W's along the way?
8: Uh, we went two and two. We played some uh, a team called the Scout USA team out of Georgia.
1: I'll tell you what, man, uh, you, you guys, uh, again, get that opportunity. Even though baseball was cut short, you guys are still playing, and it's a lot of fun following you guys on social media. Uh, man, first of all, and I said this on the air Friday night, I've had many conversations with your family, your father and I. Uh, you know, there's a lot of kids that do a lot of great things. You know, we just had your teammate Brody Hopkins. He's heading to the College of Charleston where he'll be playing baseball over there. Of course, you're heading to Erskine where you're going to be doing your thing up there uh, with uh, a McCurry. I mentioned that name. You're up there with Graham McCurry who uh, is up there already on that baseball roster. You're going to be doing him. But uh, watching what you did, not just on the diamond impressed me, you know, when you look at everything, Logan, it was what you did on the weight room side of life, what you did in the classroom side of life. Again, you went in early. You stayed late. You did the little things that ended up becoming the big things, and the big thing is, man, you're a college athlete in the making. Well, you're almost there. You're days away from doing it, man. Where does this workout regimen, and, again, you and I have had a chance to actually work out over there some people together some. Uh, what's your thought process and, and, and what motivated you to get this I would say work out, plan, and stick to the plan.
8: Well, first off, Mom, my dad has always been a big influence on my life. I mean, he's he's always the one pushing me to do better, do great. Uh, there's, there's not a time where I'm always asking him, hey, what do you think about this? Or, hey, could you spot me to make sure I'm doing this correctly so I don't, you know, blow my back out or pull, pull a hamstring or pull a muscle of some sort. So, he, I mean, big influence on my part or on his part for me. Um, I don't know where I would be without him, to be honest with you. So.
6: Well, he
1: just made dad's day. I can promise you, of course, mom's right there with you, I'm sure, at some point saying, what about me? But, you know, here, here's the philosophy, and I've learned this at 42 and four kids down and, uh, you know, when mama's not happy, nobody's happy. When daddy's not happy, nobody cares. I mean, you know, that's kind that's of work. So when you can give dad a little bit of love plug there, man, I'm all about it. And, uh, again, uh, I can speak on behalf of knowing uh, your family really well. We actually hung out, what, Friday night after Home Run Derby. And uh, I always enjoy hanging out with, you know, you guys. Of course, your sister was in attendance there. And, you know, that, that's huge. Your family support. And, and, and just like for Brody, and I see this at Somerville because I'm involved more in Somerville than anywhere else. You know, it's huge. You know, uh, for the for the ability for you guys to, to really be family by example, not just by conversation. You know, y'all showed me that. You know, I reached out to uh, the Somerville family, and your dad didn't waste any time to reach out to me and say, hey, man, what do you need? I got you. You know, that means a lot, but those are the characteristics that you're going to carry to Erskine. Now, before you get to Erskine, you're in Somerville, you've got the years under you, man. W- what's a memory, man? Give me a moment at Somerville High School wearing that jersey, doing that thing, that when you, you think back of your time at Somerville, what's something that you're always going to remember?
8: Um, so probably the one thing I would remember about, you know, not only just Somerville High School, but for the baseball team is uh, the tradition. I mean, everybody comes out there, you know, wearing the proper attire and, you know, putting their heart out for a solid two, two and a half hours of practice, you know. I mean it means means everything to me when you know the guys go out there, yeah, we poke fun a little bit, but I mean we're all family at the end of the day, so I mean, we all push each other i mean that's that's the best part about it uh i miss I'll miss that a lot,
1: yeah, no doubt about that now, of course, you had options, you had opportunities, you get done, you worked hard, the reward's there. You know, but before that reward was, uh, you know, I guess able to take advantage of it. You had your signing day there at the school, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what was it like for you to sit in the gym if, uh, and have that moment again? You we talk about this with you guys in in, in that opening conversation in August as you walk through those hallways that never end at Somerville. It seems like a, a a mouse maze to some degree. Uh, and as you come in as a young man and you graduate as a grown man, you know, what was it like for you to sign in front of you know, everybody there watching you do what you did to, to take it to the next level, man.
8: Uh, It meant everything to me. I mean, I had a lot of support from my mom, my sister. My mom and my sister sacrificed a lot. So is my, so did my dad. But my mom my sister, my sister especially, had to sacrifice a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. events like softball or her volleyball tournaments and things like that. I mean, she sacrificed a lot. Um, just to go out there and sit out at these some of these games for four or five, six hours in, in a day just to sit out there and uh, watch me. I mean, she means a lot to me. She's uh, also another uh, big influence on me. Uh, we may argue and fight, but, I mean, that's out of love. It's not out of hate. So. Um, <laughs> hey I mean, man, that's how it I mean, works, brother. I got two the...
1: sisters, man. It's never
8: a dull moment oh no definitely not uh back to the signing i mean signing man just sitting in that seat in front of everybody my heart was racing so fast it was it was unbelievable i really i knew it was going to college but it came to a point where you know beginning or the end of my junior year had not really gotten an offer yet but i'm you know that didn't stop me and then you know, hopping onto a new team, going from the dirt bags I used to play with for three years, going to a uh, the Carolina prospects that um, Stan Kowalski is running over there. Um, just him, especially he's he's uh, he gave me a great opportunity at the beginning of the summer. We went to an Erskine camp, or yeah, Erskine camp. It was like a scrimmage between the the younger team and the older team, and that's what started all my looks. I mean. he... Dan knows a lot of people, um, and Coach Crocker was one of them, and he put me in front of him. I did my thing, and uh, he gave me an offer. So, I mean, signing men was, was everything to me. That was my goal. My goal was to get to college and be able to play there, not only for the academics, but just just to have the college experience. I mean, that that's what meant everything to me.
4: We got
1: about it. We're live right now. Logan Palmer joins us. He's heading to Erskine, but before he did that, or he's doing that here soon, he's uh, been quite the athlete, role model, and uh, five-star young man around the town of Somerville. He's a uh, graduate of class of 2020, graduated on the football field just a few weeks ago, man. Uh, While you are a baseball player, you, you know the history of the football stadium over there. And all the great names have been called on that PA, man. Do you ever think you'd get your name called on that PA during the game? I mean, for you, uh, that had to be kind of different. You know, of course, Brody's heard his name over there before, but you, have you had that opportunity yet to hear your name on the loudspeakers in the football stadium with that history?
8: Uh, No, actually, I haven't. I mean, it felt good. It's, it's, actually, it didn't feel good. It felt amazing. So, uh, just be able to walk across that stage um, with everybody in our graduating class, I mean, Got, finally got to see a couple of the pe- people or a couple of my friends, you know, one last time before, you know, we all do our own thing, pursue our own dreams. You know, yeah.
1: Right. So let me ask you, man, uh, you picked Erskine College. Uh, you signed on the line. We saw the hat, and the swag. You had it all there. Dad, mom, smiling here to ear. Your sister's put up with God knows how many hot days just to watch your big brother play baseball. Yeah, day after day after day after day after day. And, uh, of course, uh, she's going to be a freshman in Somerville uh, coming in now, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, one leaves, her comes another Palmer right in the hallways and take the place. But, you know, what about Erskine to you? Why Erskine, man? You could have gone a couple of other spots, but what was it about Erskine that made it
6: so special?
8: Just, I mean, the campus. I mean, the campus is gorgeous. I it's it's got an old, like, old-town feel. I mean, it's. It's similar to. It's very similar to Somerville. Old buildings, or especially downtown Charleston, just old buildings. Uh, it's old on the outside, but new on the inside. You know, they got to keep up with technology like everybody else. But uh, just it's flat out amazing out there. I love the coaching staff and the teaching ratio is phenomenal. Or teaching the teacher to student ratio. Um, I just there's there's people think there's not a lot of Stuff to do there. But, I mean, really, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for things to do all the time. I'm there to, to pursue my dream, get the schoolwork done, and play baseball. That's all I'm looking for.
1: Well, i tell you what, you're going to do that. But uh, as uh, Nick Saban says in football, we're going to relate this to baseball. You're there to get an education. You're just going to place some college baseball along the way. Of course, Dad and I got a plan together. We're going to do a sneak attack on you at some point. Uh, in the upcoming months, as uh, we'll, we'll be there soon, just uh, keep your eye out. But you're going to study sports management and physical education. Before I get you out of here, man, why'd you pick this major, and what is it about this field that you feel like is going to continue getting those goals that you set for your life, not just here right now, but in the future?
8: Uh, I love to help. I love to help. I like to try to give back to the community when when I when I can. I really try to strive to do that. Uh, I love working with kids. I mean, Coach Sharpie uh, did a little, um, I'm not quite sure what it was. It was like a little fundraising thing with the special needs over the um, Wolf of game. I forgot the name of it. I um, forgot uh, the name, but yeah, they had some of the kids had like special needs and just going out there on a Saturday morning to play with some of these kids. I mean, it was fun. And then going out and doing some of the Somerville baseball camps down and over by uh, parks. uh, Just, I love being around kids. I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, Just to see their face uh, and just knowing that they have somebody there, looking out for them, cheering them on, helping them out, you know, make them become better, you know, for the upcoming
4: future.
1: Now, how much did Brody, uh, excuse me, not Brody, how much did um, the young man that's already on campus over there uh, from Somerville, did he have to do with getting you recruited as far as being maybe that guy that called you and said, hey, look, I'm here. Why don't you come here and join me? We've played baseball before. You know, I got you.
8: Say what again?
1: So with already having a a former teammate at Somerville, right, who's already at Erskine College, he's waiting on you to get there, how much did that play a role, and how much did uh, did uh, he get the chance to help recruit you to Erskine College?
8: Uh, actually, I don't know, but I do know this: when he committed, I was, I thought I looked up a couple of things about Erskine, and that was I ended up putting Erskine on my list, but it wasn't number one. But when I got that opportunity to have a chance to play there, I mean, I I was all in for it uh Grand McCurry, you know, I mean, he's awesome. He's he has a great attitude every day when it comes to the ball field and uh when he was playing with Somerville, I mean, I've always looked up, up to him, not only as a pitcher but as a uh friend. Um yeah. I'm good friends with his younger brother, Campbell. We uh did some fishing together or some frog frog hunting. I mean, I love the McCurry family. I'm the, the good, the Did you the say, good say frog hunting? Yeah, frog hunting, like frog gigging. <laughs> yeah, frog
1: I leg. get it. I love it, man. You may be the first interview I've ever had say frog hunting. I asked a guy, an athlete out of Charlotte, North Carolina. He's a running back. He's going to be a senior this year at Olympic High School. I asked him his favorite thing to do. He said read. It kind of caught us off uh, guard. But uh, Eugene just texted me, frog gigging? <laughs> so, what, <so>, what is <laughs> yeah. frog gigging? Is, is that an opportunity? I'm sure there's going to be some frog gigging opportunities up there at Erskine, right?
8: Ah, uh, that I don't know, but I'm going there for education, maybe a little fishing, maybe a little hunting, but I'm going there for the education.
1: And some frog gigging. We're going to throw that in there. Man, real quick, before I get you out of here, first
8: of all, uh, what was it like
1: to uh, go against your, your, your teammates and some, uh, competitors to finish second? You gave it all you got. You drove everything but the final one over the fence. But, man, you loaded it up. I think 30, 25, I think, was your final number. But, uh, man, what a showing and uh, way to put – uh, a statement on your, uh, your career at
8: bowl. Oh man. I mean, I enjoyed every bit of it. Second, I take it. I wasn't expecting to get second. I wasn't expecting to get first. I was just going in, just doing my thing. That's all. That's all. I, I do that every day. I mean, I do my thing. Um, I enjoyed the whole thing. I hope, I really hope they do it again next year for the upcoming seniors coming. So, I know a couple of them. Walker Richardson, I know he's talking about it. I played with him all weekend. That's all he was talking about. So, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed every bit of it. I really hope you all do it again next year.
1: Oh, no, yeah, well, I tell you what, I, I can't take credit for anything but the, the broadcast part of it from Don Stanford and those guys over there at the Rec Department got in touch with me and said, hey, man, what do you think? I said, I'm there. Let me know when. And for two hours and 30-some-odd minutes, you guys lit it up, man. Uh, final thing. We have given the seniors a chance, and congratulations by getting that diploma. To me, that's the biggest award that I could ever give you at this point in your life, and much bigger than any home run you'll hit. Anything you've ever done, it is getting that diploma and being an adult now, taking it to the next level. But as if we were at a Somerville High School baseball banquet, because I'm not sure if you guys got one. We got a chance to, to hang out with you guys Friday no, night. Didn't. But with all of your guys here and you've got a lot of teammates, listen, first of all, I want you to look to the room to the left, and these are all the seniors, the six other guys that you're graduating with on your baseball team. Leave a message for them and then look to your right for all the underclassmen who are going to come back next year. What do you have to say with them and first start with the guys that you're graduating with?
8: Uh, with the six guys graduating with me, I mean, they've all worked hard. I mean, it, it's crazy just being with them for the, the past four years and watching them all grow, grow up together with me. And... Uh, I wouldn't ask, ask it for any other way. I mean, they're, they're just, they're great. They're great kids all the way. Uh, I hope they pursue their dreams. I hope they go far in life. That's, that's what really matters. Um, just, it's, it's crazy how these four years went by so fast. Um, yeah, I tell them keep grinding. I mean, just grind, grind, grind. There's, there's, don't let anybody tell you you can't do nothing because it's it's life. Life is gonna beat you down, but you know you gotta wake up every morning and start a new day. Uh, just do whatever you can to get to get the job done. Uses at all. And then for the upcoming freshmen, just do your best. Don't don't just don't give up. I mean, you're gonna come in situations on the ball field and in life, especially I know some people are starting to drive the vehicles now. I mean, it's crazier than ever with this COVID stuff. And, you know, just recently the all the, um, the riots and the protests. I mean, we're all family here. There's no, there's no reason for this. I mean, but you know, people had their own opinions. Um, I won't get too, too far into that. Cause you know, it's really not my business, but, um, just, I them all grind. I mean, that that's that's the big thing is grind. No doubt about it, buddy. Well,
1: all of us to, to you, congratulations. Uh, what a legacy! What a what a what a what a mark you left for Somerville baseball. That's traditionally a uh, a very successful program, and you are part of that foundation that they poured into the class of 2020. Now is uh, smoothed out, and you guys will move on. And uh, like I said, Dad and I have already planned the trip. Eugene's going because we're going frog hunting or digging or whatever it is. We're gonna go do it up there with you, and uh, we need you to find a place to eat. That's your first assignment for me and Eugene to you. You gotta find a signature spot up there to uh, to, to eat at, man. So we'll do that when we get up there, man. Much love to you. We appreciate you. We're proud of you. And, oh, uh, I got buddy, a place for we'll you. Catch up. Where you got? Let's write it down. What
8: you got? Uh, Irene's is right down the road from the college. A little go. bit of everything. Food's phenomenal.
1: It's phenomenal. I'm sure they have internet, so we'll do a radio show. We'll eat it. i Eugene. Put it on the calendar, buddy. Hey, man, all, all of us, Logan, God bless you, man. We're proud of you. Great job Friday night. You're going to continue to do great things way past the game of baseball, my friend. You're a five-star dude to me, and we appreciate you. We'll talk soon, bud.
8: All right. Sounds good. Y'all have a good
1: one. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The man that finished, uh, well, right behind Brody Hopkins, but, man, he was a swing away from having a day and being that 2020 uh Well, home run derby king. But to me, I think all those kids were winners on that wonderful day. We got a quick one because we got to go to break because I'm heading to a guy that played in the World Series. He played at the Citadel. He's been coaching at Somerville forever. I mean, this guy is – he's family to me anyway. But I'm excited. We're going to give him a proper entrance here. And this is the song just for him. As Coach Tobin's coming up next.
3: I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Had his at black, got the boots. Is
1: And welcome back, everybody. A little bit of that Old Town Road is the uh, the man with the plan that threw everything, the kitchen sink, the uh, you name it, he threw it the other night. As he gave up at least 100 bombs. But they say that's the rules. That's what he wanted to do. So I say that's a successful night. We're bringing in the legendary Coach Phil Tobin. Tobin. Uh, Coach, what's up, buddy? Hey, Richie. How you been? We're good, man. Got a chance to hang out with you the other night and uh, getting a chance to get you back in here with me. You and I actually did a radio uh, on ESPN during football Friday night. Remember, I think we were at Asher Ridge when you came up in the press box and we talked it up a little bit. Man, I uh, I love getting your knowledge on the air, man. It makes us look a little better and definitely
9: sound a lot better on the radio. <laughs> I appreciate you having me. Anything I could – you do, uh, like I said the other night, uh, you do so much for our kids and our athletic programs, and uh, thank you doesn't go far enough. But I do appreciate everything that you do, and I appreciate you having me.
1: Well, buddy, you've got a young man still in the system. You've got another man that's come through the system. Uh, They're both scholars. Uh, Of course, uh, you know, y'all have done a great job raising them and continue to raise them. But uh, you're raising a lot of kids, man. You've been in the system at Somerville, and I want to ask you this question because I don't have it in my notes here. But how many years do you have in the book at Somerville
9: as as, as a coach over there with the baseball program? Uh, We just finished up the sixth one, obviously cut short there. But yeah, that was my sixth year, uh, and previously with that, I was five years at Pinewood Prep. Well, I tell you what, and uh, of course, uh,
1: I I did put a picture of you on uh, social media. I don't know if it's come through. I hope that's you. If not, it's still a good picture of somebody wearing a Citadel jersey back in the day. Of course, uh, Coach Tobin played his days at the uh, the Dell, right? There's a lot of that Citadel love here on the show. But uh, part of the College World Series trip, man. Let's let's step back and let's go into history, man. Let's get in that time machine and head back to the days where you played. Uh tell us where did you go to high school? What did you pick? What, why did you pick the Citadel? And and give us a little bit of uh, if you don't mind, give us a little bit of history of who Coach Chauvin is today that well, yesterday that got you to who you are today.
9: Well uh I'm I'm from North Charleston. I graduated from Stahl High School in uh nineteen eighty seven. Uh didn't have a whole lot I was I was I I had a lot of awards coming out of high school, all state and three times all region and north-south and all that. But I didn't get many opportunities to play college baseball. Uh, and I was recruited by two schools, and it was Liberty and the Citadel at the time. And uh, I, I got to be honest, the Citadel had fewer rules than, than Liberty did. So, uh, And I had a good friend that I went to high school with that was uh, down there already by uh, Mike Branham. And he convinced me it was a good place to be. And obviously coming from you know, being from Charleston I knew everything I needed to know about it, knew what I was getting into. And uh so Coach Port allowed me to come down there and uh and, and play a little baseball and things worked out rather well. Uh when I got out of the when I graduated from the city, I went in the Air Force. I took a commission out of there. Uh so I really left the game of baseball for probably about mm, ten ten years. I just got away from it and got into my career, and it wasn't until, obviously, I had my first son and, and he got old enough where he could play that I got back into coaching, and uh, so I did a lot of travel ball, started me and a couple guys here by the name of Brady Hare and Timmy Wine kind of started a, a organization called the Low Country Bulldogs, got into this travel ball deal, and and uh, springboarded from there. I got I got lucky enough, somebody knew my name at Pinewood, and when they needed a coach, they reached out to me to see if I'd be interested in coaching some high school, and uh, so really, my first job in high school was the head coach at, at Pinewood Prep, and had a good little run there for five years, uh, won a state championship while we were there, and, uh, and then a guy by the name of Banks Faulkner came to town to take over Somerville after Coach Basil, uh, uh, you know, retired from coaching, and And I got a phone call from him one day and said, "Hey, let's spend a summer together. I heard you're really good coach, and I need one." And so we spent the summer together, just getting to know each other. And then he asked me if I'd give up my head job to be a an assistant at at Somerville. And it it was tough to do because I, you know, coming from Stahl and growing up, uh, you know, we didn't really like the the wave. So, uh, but he convinced me to do it, and it's the best decision I've ever made. I've enjoyed my six years there, and. I was fortunate enough, Coach Sharpie has kept me on board when he took over. And uh and we we've had a couple good runs here. So it's been a good six uh well what four now with Coach Sharpie. So uh a good little run. So I've enjoyed every minute of it. This is what I do. Uh it's my passion, it's what I enjoy doing and and uh hopefully I can do it for several years to come.
0: No doubt about it. We're
1: live right now with uh, Coach Bill Tolman. He joins us uh, right now. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. at top of the hour. Coach, if you'll hang tight, we're just going to do a transition from hour two to three. And uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll continue this interview because, again, he's played some college ball. He's been to the World Series. He's got a lot more in his bags. And we're going to find out exactly what is in the bag, what brought him to the point. But yet, some of his highlighted moments over there with a very respectful, and I mean a big-time program with the Citadel Bulldogs baseball is where it's at when it comes to the deal. I can promise you those guys play football, but they can play some smash mouth baseball, guys. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellen alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina, campus tour in full effect here. We're on the virtual tour of Somerville High School. We've uh, had the athletic director, the baseball coach, a couple of baseball players, and another baseball coach who's been around six years. He played his college ball at the Citadel, grew up over in the North Charleston area, went to Stall High School, coached at Pinewood. That's the resume, of course, uh, the one and only Coach Bill Tobin, who, uh, again, we talk family. He's a guy he and I. You know, uh, he, he treats me like his own, and, and that's a good thing. I can appreciate that. We actually got a chance to break bread Friday night after the home run derby where he gave up a billion with a B home run that night. I felt bad for the guys; Four shoulders, still probably sore. Coach, how's the shoulder, by the way? Have you taken care of it, iced it up, ready to go another inning or two?
9: You know, Rich, I've done a lot of BP in my day, and uh, even when Coach Parkman was there, I threw every day, uh, but – Coach Sharpie surrounded me with a couple other BP throwers over the past couple years. But I got to tell you, at 51 years old, that's probably the source I've ever been.
1: (laughs) I tell you what, man, they were giving you a hard time on the radio. We're sitting there, and and next thing you know, they would go over to Eugene and
4: and, uh, they'd
1: say, Hey, tell Richie this or tell Richie that or tell Richie to come down. I was like, I'm definitely not coming down there, man. He's getting
9: slaughtered. You (laughs) know, sometimes you just got (laughs) to let
1: him finish the beat down. I mean,.
4: We've well, all we, been estimated, a game
9: <laughs> we estimated that I threw about a thousand pitches. So yeah. I was just a little well, over I, my normal pitch count.
1: I estimated you gave up about nine hundred bombs. So that's about... <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's your job when you're doing those to try to hit the bat.
3: So Yeah, I know, man. Oh man,
1: you gotta love it when you can have fun with a guy that's playing the game that you've played at the level you've played. Of course you guys over at the Citadel man, when you were there, wow the legacy that you guys left behind. The foundation that you poured into, and uh, I know a lot of great names that have come through the Citadel. Uh, one gentleman, very close to my family back home, and uh, they grew up in Georgetown was Joseph Eisen. Joseph, of course, was on the baseball team back then, and um, yeah, he was uh, in, a, in a, I believe, an accident there in New York. It wasn't a school-related deal, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it, we lost him way too early. Uh, Cal Bunn's another wow. young man that I grew up with that was there. Uh, you know, my cousin Chris Morris. They called him Bam Bam. You know, he uh, yes, played sir. second base. One of the fastest kids I've ever chased in my yard, and the only reason I hit him because I threw a baseball at him. I about as much as I can catch him. But
4: uh, it,
1: so many, <laughs> so many great stories, but so many great athletes, man. But yeah, the Citadel it taught you a lot of things, and, and I love it because I see you teaching it not only to your two sons, but you're teaching it to all the sons that come in contact. Heck, you're, you, you taught it to me in our conversations. But tell us about your time there at the Citadel and your trip to Omaha,
9: and, and, and kind of give us
1: down uh, this uh, memory road, if you don't mind.
9: Yeah, I mean, we—I got there. I didn't get to play much my freshman year. Uh, at that time, Western Carolina was—you know—they were dominant in the, in the conference and had won it uh, several years in a row. And so, we actually uh, we made it uh, to the championship of the Southern Conference my freshman year. Again, I didn't—I didn't contribute very much. I think I had two starts my freshman year, about ten at bats. That's about it, because uh, I was transitioning from a right-handed hitter to a left-handed hitter. Uh, uh I switched hit but I didn't go to college as a switch hitter and Coach Port turned me into one. So he said if you wanna play, you'll learn how to hit left handed. Uh you know, the breaking pitch just didn't like me. But uh so we made it to the to the Southern Conference Championship and then my sophomore year, uh we were we were peaking at the right time and uh went to Asheville for the Southern Conference Championship. At that point we had finished second to Western again in the regular season. And uh, actually, we didn't even finish the tournament. It got rained out. And uh, so we got sent home. We were there probably seven days, and it was getting too late because the regionals were going to start. So they they packed us up, sent us home, and we never even got to compete for the SOCON. And in my junior year is the year that we made the run. Uh, I was fortunate enough. I, I earned the starting shortstop position probably about halfway through my sophomore year. And then, so I was full time my junior year. We we go on the 26 game winning streak there, and uh, roll through the SoCon and get sent down to the Miami Regional and and beat a really good NC State team, then then a uh, East Carolina team, and then we we uh, were fortunate enough to beat Miami twice on their field, which was super cool. But and then go to Omaha and. Uh, You know, it was just a whirlwind when we went. I mean, I I think if you talk to any of the guys who were on that team, we feel like we were there and we were gone and and don't remember a whole lot about it. I mean, it's just it's insane what the town of Omaha does for the kids and for the community and the way they promote that, you know, the College World Series. And uh, got there and and got beat by a really, really good LSU team and uh, Paul Bird, you know, former major leaguer. Uh, for many years, sport, uh, Braves broadcaster now, he he pitched against us game one and they beat us up pretty good, 9-2 to two, and I think it was a score And uh, but that was the end of my World Series I dislocated my shoulder uh, in the first game, getting backpicked by the catcher, just a dumb base runner move on my part and my World Series was over, but but the guys came back and won an epic game against uh, Cal State Fullerton. Uh, it was you know they still show highlights of it today, and uh, so we beat them in extra innings, and then and then we follow up the next night and get, get beat by LSU again. But what a great run! I mean, it's still it's something that we'll always talk about, and uh, you know we were picked. You know the funny thing is we're, we were picked to finish sixth in the SoCon that year preseason. And we ended up sixth in the nation. Uh, so, you know, it's – uh, yeah, again, yeah, I wouldn't trade that year for anything. That, obviously the highlight of, of my baseball career besides coaching my sons.
1: No doubt about it. Live right now with Phil Tobin, six years at Somerville, multiple years in the game of baseball and the life lessons that he's given us there. He, of course, he played
9: uh, his days at the Citadel. Coach, uh, what number did you wear there at the Citadel? Well, my first two years, I was number 12, and uh, we had an All-American second baseman, Billy Swales, uh, who went to Wando. Uh, he was a second base switch hitting second baseman, third team All-American. And when And when he graduated, he came to me and said, uh, you know, Phil, no one else better wear this uniform while you're here, so I want you to have it. So I switched over to number one for my last two years. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So.
1: Uh, what's the one thing, and and we're going to move forward uh, here for the next few minutes as we get back towards Somerville, but what's the one thing that you you take with you, a memory that that you will always remember that's taught you a valuable lesson in your day-to-day job outside of the game of baseball that, of course, we have to do uh, as adults here, but uh, something that you've learned at your days at the Citadel that,
9: that you always kind of reflect on during the toughest days of your life? Well, you know, I guess the biggest thing is, you, one, you got to have a plan, okay, and, and a goal without a plan is just a dream, so you, you, you got to have a plan, you, you got to stick to the, when we talk about you here, process, 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 but, you know, Coach Port had a process, <clears throat> he really did, and he didn't call it that back then, but it was all about the little things, and if you don't take care of the little things in life, in your day-to-day life, then the big things aren't going to happen the way you want them to. So, you know, every day you got to come out. And if, if you're willing, if you're going to put time into it, you might as well give your best effort. I mean, that's the bottom line. Otherwise uh, you're, you're really wasting time. So have a plan, execute it and, and do it with, you know, do it with everything you have. No, no doubt about
1: it. Live right now with Phil Tobin he joins us who uh, again, uh, his family here on the show. We're glad to have him on and coach. You know, uh, if we do another home run derby, and, and we feel like we may have uh, another one brewing in the Charleston area, so we may get to see these same two Summerville guys that finish 1-2 go against a few more, five or six other schools that are trying to get it together, and uh, we may get to have an all-low country uh, deal. I'm going to get you in the box next time, because I'd love to, uh, you know, maybe we let Bo throw a little bit. I kept giving Bo the, the, the arm to go out there, and kind of looked at me like, no, he was shaking me off a couple times, so... Uh, You know, we look forward to hopefully that. But this class coming out, uh, the 2020 class, every class is different, all the way from Brock, your son who graduated. Gosh, it doesn't seem like it's been as long as it has, but it's been a while. Uh, That was a very special group of young men. You've seen a state championship off this team that you were part of. Tell me about this class of 2020. What defines these guys? What do you see that's different about them? And uh, if you could speak out to them, and I know you spoke to them the other night, at the restaurant, but what would you say to them as far as uh, a
9: farewell conversation? Yeah, you're right, Richie. Every class is different, and they they leave you with you know
4: they they
9: all leave you with something. But this class here, you know, they got dealt you know not just them, everybody got dealt a raw deal here, and nobody asked for it. But uh, but I'll tell you, this class right here was one of the most selfless classes that we've ever had. I mean, you, you talk about the Wands, the Logans, the Brodies uh t j uh and I know i'm gonna miss a couple of them off the top of my head here but uh they just they came to work every day and and that's the cool thing and they bought in and if you can have all the talent you want but if you're not bought into what the coaches are doing or what the program is doing it's you know it it's not going to work but it, they were really really maintenance free and you know that's when you know you got a good class when you can show up. And I wouldn't say roll the baseballs out, but they, you know, you, you have a system and, you, you know, when, it, when today's first and third, you don't have to coach them through it. You really start repping, you know. And when you can go to practice and just get reps in, because that's what it's all about in the game of baseball. It's a game of repetition that when you can just go practice, okay, and you don't have to yell and you don't have to motivate them. You know, you, one thing we always tell them, we're not going to coach effort. And, and with this class, it wasn't an issue. You know, they they came and got it done, and they led by example. And they prepared these next classes well, you know. And I can tell you, we haven't had a bad, in my six years of summer, but we haven't had a bad class come through that you just like, I can't wait for this group to get out of here, you know, because they set the tone. I mean, we're only going to be as successful as that senior class, whether it's what they do on the field, but also at practice and what they do off the field. You know, you don't have to worry about problems at school. You don't have to worry about grades. You can just go play. And, and that's what I'm going to remember about this class, how easy they made a, you know, the job as being a coach. I forgot about
1: it. We're live right now with one of the coaches over there. He works on the infield. He throws BP. He does about anything that he needs to get done because he'll lead it by example. Of course, that's Coach Phil Tobin joins us. Uh, a guy that I was hoping to get in here with us, even though it, it's a senior moment tonight, we've been focused on our senior class because they had their season shortened. I wanted to get Mr. Seen in here. I mean, that kid, Cole, is just – Lights out, game of his life, every game it feels like. I mean, the kid just sets a goal and then beats it, sets another one and beats it. Of course, his little brother coming in as a freshman, he's having a heck of a summer as well. But, you know, when you look at Messina, one of the top 50 players in the country, right? I mean, this kid can throw it from his behind as far as throwing as a catcher. When you, when you put things together, when you get a guy like him, and we've seen a lot of great players come through summer in the book, Cole seems to be a little different. He seems to have something different about him. A, it's his size. I mean, he's built like a solid catcher, and you've seen athletes all around you as well, Coach. But but this Messina kid, we've watched him grow up, and it seems like he's just getting bigger, stronger, faster, and a lot more dangerous game after game. Tell us a little bit about Cole Messina
9: since he couldn't join us tonight. He's, I believe, out of the state playing baseball. Yeah, he's definitely on the road. I think he's on the road for the next month. So I, I, was, I got to catch up with him uh, one day last week, and he was getting some work in. Uh, to prepare for, you know, what he's got coming up. But, yeah, he's he's on the road for, I think, the next 30 days or so uh, with the Canes national team. But, uh, yeah, you're right. And, and I'm a little, uh, unlike people who come out and see Cole play and maybe they've seen him for the first time, I've had Cole with me since, gosh, I think he's eight years old. Okay, he played for my travel ball organization uh, when he first started playing, and I got to meet his family. I went to high school with his mom, uh, so we had a connection there. So, yeah, again, I've I've seen Cole since he was eight years old. He's been uh I don't know that he's played for anybody else till he got to high school. Uh but so I, I got to see it day in, day out. And and I tell you this, this is what people don't know about Cole. When he started playing for me, he was my shortstop and he was bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody back then. Uh his baseball IQ as even a young kid was just off the charts and and he always brought the energy, but yeah, he started out as as a as a middle infielder for me, and what people don't know about him is his hands i mean he can play the infield and he may play the infield uh at the next level uh he's he's really good behind the plate, he's a shut down. you know he'll he stops the running game on the first throw down you know in in the top or the bottom of the first, whatever the case may be, he just shuts the running game down then. Uh, but the cool thing about him is what you see, he plays at such a high level with lots of energy during a game, but that's the same thing in practice. Uh, you don't have to coach Cole Messina. He is there to, to get his reps in, uh, literally. And I, I'm not even, I know we're talking about him, but he's the hardest working guy on the field and has been since he was a freshman, uh, when he transferred over here from, from Stratford, uh, He's just he's everything you want in a baseball player. He really is. I mean he's he can he's got five tools. Uh and and again, he's our he's a catcher, but he's our leadoff hitter, he's our best base runner. Uh he just does it all. And he makes the people around him better. And and he's humble. I mean that's the cool part about him. He's had so much success and so many accolades, but just a humble kid. I mean, if you met him you would never know that this is what people are saying about him and, and where he's ranked and, you know, traveling all over the country to play baseball, but he's the same old Cole that was eight years old playing shortstop, but, you know, out, out of Dace Basin and in, in Walterboro, you know, I mean, uh, he's been a world to our program. He's he's a game changer. No doubt about it. And again,
1: this kid, like he's that humble. Every time he sees me, whether I'm in town, whether I'm wherever, I was actually at an event for another athlete that he actually, uh, and and that's another thing. These kids, they love on each other. They may play in different venues. They may wear different jerseys, but it's not changed even when you and I played the game. You know, that love that we have for those, I would say, around, you know, our our fellow athletes, because they're not teammates, is very strong. And I've seen him, you know, follow the Keegan Williams, who was at Oceanside. And we went to Barnwell. He's up there with Brody Hopkins and that. And, And you see that with Somerville kids. What is it, though, and, and you've got one done in Somerville, one coming through the system, but what is it at Somerville that, that you guys are feeding these young kids about, look, stay humble, stay hungry, but, you know, most of all, you know,
9: love, love your teammate, but love those around you kind of attitude? Well, you know, Richie, I mean, you've played, you know, athletics at a high level. You know, at some point someone's going to tell you you're, you're, you're done, you know, and that may be at 16, 17 years old or maybe at 22, uh, but someone's going to tell you you're done. And the thing that you're going to remember is those relationships and those teammates. I mean, uh, no one can take that. You know, the guys that I play with are still my best friends, you know, and and we don't have to talk every day. Uh, But to really answer your question, there's just – and I don't – it just means a little bit more. It's kind of like the SEC. It just means a little bit more at Somerville. I mean, it's a really cool place to be. And when you put on that green – uh, and that sunflower gold, uh, it means just a little bit more. I mean, that, that's one of the reasons I went. I wanted to coach at the highest level in, in high school, and what better place to do it than Somerville? I mean, just the, the legacy that you have and uh, the history of, of, you know, obviously the football program, the baseball program. Coach Tucker does an amazing job with that wrestling program, uh, and it goes on down the line. Uh, but it just – the pride in it. And I think those kids get that. I mean, not everybody. I mean, that's a huge school. I mean, the thousands of kids we got in there, you know, and only 20, 20 of you get to play varsity baseball. So it means something. Uh, there's a lot of kids in that okay. school who would love to be a part of this program who, who just can't. So I, again, I think they appreciate that. I think they, they understand the opportunity that, and not just that they're given that, but that they've earned. And it just, it, it means a lot. I mean, we, we preach it every day. When you put on that uniform, it, it it's just different at Somerville. Yeah, no doubt
1: about it, Coach. I want to say this on behalf of
9: myself and my crew here at Southern Sports Central.
1: Uh, we appreciate the energy, the efforts, and, and all the time that you've taken away from your family that, of course, uh, are under your roof to go be a part of so many other families. You've seen a lot of uh, great individuals get into your path, and you've had a chance to work with them along with – Working with me, coming on the radio with me, just talking to me, helping me.
4: If it didn't
1: matter what it was, if, if I was down the street and you saw that I needed anything, you would always reach out, and I appreciate that. and It doesn't go unnoticed, and I just want to say thanks for giving me some time on Sunday night, man. And we'll talk soon, and uh, let's catch up and grab something to eat and uh, get a plan together for this upcoming because I do want to maybe put you to work on a Friday night as well. I'm trying to get as many of you guys as I
9: can because i got a feeling we're going to be busy uh, with the radio business with uh, this COVID thing. Well, you say the word, Rich, and you know I'm there. And, again, I appreciate what you do for not just Somerville, but but personally for me. You, you've been really good to me since we've gotten to know each other. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, we'll do it, babe.
1: All, all love and respect. Stay safe. Stay distanced. Until next time, Coach, God bless you and your family. Tell the boys and everybody we said hello. We'll talk soon.
9: Same to you, Richie. Thanks for
1: having me. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? It doesn't. Get any better than that. When you get a legendary guy like that, and, again, you know, these coaches are great coaches. But when you get a chance, and I'm saying there's a chance, when you get a chance to sit down with these guys and actually talk to them and actually have a conversation with them, man, you find out there's a reason that Coach Rutherford, the Coach Sharpie, that these coaches hire the coaches around them, because you're only as good as the guys around you. We say that about the players. Well, Coach Sharpie would have told you the same thing when it came to, of course, uh, his coaching staff. You know, we, we give a lot of love to a lot of people, but again, this coaching staff very, very special. We got to go to break because uh, when we come back, we are going to join with. Uh, well, we're going to take the bus. We got some time to move it over there to Get Hagen, where we're going to be joined now with uh, Joseph Brinson, He's coach Joe, with the Somerville Angels, at the ten-year, ten-year-old girls' group, ladies' group that's heading to Alabama to play in the Dixie Youth World Series. When we come back. We'll visit with the coach, talk about the ladies, and there's an opportunity for you guys to help out. Yeah, we're going to give you an opportunity to go out there and yeah, send the ladies a little bit of love. Give them something in their pocket so they can go and do what they do. And don't forget, these coaches are volunteers. And yeah, let's throw them some love, too, guys. We'll do that right here. Coming up next on Southern Sports Central, Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere.
3: Play ball. town ain't small, it's a little of both, they say. Our ball club may be minor league, but at least it's triple A. We sit below the Marlborough man, above the right field walls. We do the wave all by ourselves. Hey, if um, a blind man could have made that call. We like our beer flat as candy, we like our dogs with mustard and relish, we got a great picture, what's his name, well we can't even spell it, we don't worry about the pennies much. we just like to see the boys hit it deep, there's nothing like the view from the Chiefs boys again, that local band is back in town, they got a kind of minor league sound, they're not that bad, they're not that good. Name, and one more building rises tall, and suddenly we're all grown up, and this old town's not quite so small, but I'll always miss the middle-sized town, in the middle of the Middle West, with no-name pictures, local bands, and mustard, and relish, and all the rest, we like that beer patty. Like our dogs with mustard
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yalvin here live on Southern Sports Central alongside Eugene Benton. This, of course, our final 30-minute segment here brought to you by our friends at Gerns Pharmacy, located at 140 South Main Street, downtown Somerville. You can find them on the web at gernspharmacy.com, or you can reach out to the guys and girls over there at the pharmacy at 843-873-2531. Now, Eugene, I say this all the time. It is the oldest pharmacy in Somerville, one of the oldest independently owned and operated pharmacies in the state of South Carolina. It's got the best hot dogs in the business anywhere in town. I don't care where you go, what you say. You got to get over there, check it out, because they do have all your pharmaceutical needs, but why not get something to eat and knock two birds out with one stone? Now, let's head to Gahagan. Well, he's not there probably now, but he's doing some great things over there uh, on the ball fields at Gahagan Fields. And, of course, we're talking about Coach Joseph Brinson. They call him Coach Joe. Uh, He is the coach. Of the young ladies, they're 10 years old. They are, of course, known as the Summerville Angels. They're heading to Alabama in July to play in the World Series With COVID-19, really getting things going. These guys and girls, the parents have gotten together and put together an opportunity for these young ladies that they will always remember, whether they play two games or ten games, it doesn't matter. The trip to getting there, to being there, to coming home, it will be a lifetime of memories along the way now coach joe i'm gonna bring you in buddy now for you guys who have never seen coach joe i got a chance to introduce myself to him last week and uh (laughs) if you've ever seen eugene you can imagine what uh john cena would look like as a as a softball coach that's what this guy looks like he tackles the (laughs) stingrays during the day and coaches the ladies at night coach joe what's up buddy
6: hey how are you
1: how you doing we're good man Uh, we're great. We're excited to have you in, man. Showing you some love, the yeah. girl, getting that attention. You know, uh, you guys are doing a great thing. I watch these girls together okay. and uh, you know, the parents are running bases, the kids are throwing things. I mean it's a lot yeah. going on but
7: that's yeah. right, that's right. Um, you uh yeah. just hearing you say that right that, that introduction just got me fired up right there. Right there. You got me.
1: Was it was it the chasing Stingrays and the John Cena thing, man? But either one, they're both No, crazy. I'm
7: talking about the girls going to Oxford, Alabama. That that part. That part. Oh, that part. Yeah, the whole reason that we got you in here, right? <laughs> that's right. That's, right, right.
1: that's right. right. Well, How you got you? a lot of girls over there, man, and they're doing great. Uh well, I'm doing great. We're all great. This is kind of a it's neat because we haven't had a lot of baseball now, softball conversation, but this right, has been basically an right. all- spring sports show, and that's something uh, that we're fortunate to do is uh, you guys have been tied in with Hill High School's tour uh tonight. Now, yes, tomorrow night, sorry. you know, I got my big friends over there at 10 or 5. We're coming over. We're going to do a little something with you guys over there with Kevin Bill and do, uh, and uh, give you guys, uh, you girls, let me just say this, the girls uh, some love uh, uh, right. on there as well. <laughs> That's
7: so. right. That's right. The eight, eight and ten year olds that'll probably strike me and you
1: out. <laughs> no. That definitely strike the me out, uh, Eugene. I know he's 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 saying the same. Now you're dead serious. Now again, you know those girls are hungry. You can see it in their face and 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 the energy that they that they bring. Because I'm going to tell you something, Coach Joe. When when I have the guys in here for interviewing, you know it's it's a uh-huh. fun interview. But I've had the blessing to bring in during this <laughs> summer season or spring season that's been cut short. They're bringing in a lot of right, ladies right. from the soccer teams and the track and field. Man, those girls are giddy and they're laughing. But, man, if you make them mad, you're going to pay for it a lot worse oh, yeah. than you would have oh, yeah. the guys. Yeah, right? you got
7: to watch out. you got to watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch yourself.
1: <laughs> now, but when it's, you look uh, at this it's, thing it's right here, you guys be. are leaving on the, what, the 31st? Or when are you guys heading to Alabama to uh, to play in this tournament over there? And it's in what, Oxford, Alabama? Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
7: We're leaving uh, July, uh, July 31st and hopefully we stay longer than uh, a couple days <laughs> if we uh, everything goes to plan. But I tell you what, it's just it's just good to even be playing sports or even think talking about sports with all this stuff going on in the world now. So just getting these girls together like this is just something real special.
1: Right. So we're going to talk business early, Coach Joe, and then we're going to get into some fun stuff. So July 12th, there's a barbecue uh, – Going on, if I'm not mistaken, Eugene. We're in. Go ahead. and Write yes, that sir. on our calendar. I don't know where it is, but give us the information first on the barbecue, and then uh, I know for sponsors, if you're a, if you're a, first of all, if you're a local business owner, guys, we, we got to all do our part here. We got to give these girls some some cash flow. We got to give them something in their pockets to get them at least comfortable because this is not a very cheap tri- uh, trip, but it is a trip that's going to be priceless to some degree because they will always remember this. I've been fortunate enough to play yes, in three dixie youth world series and i'm going to tell you something man we went far in one but we didn't go as far in the other two but it was just the ride (laughs) there and the ride back that was fun so to find out the sponsorship on facebook you go to somerville angels that's an easy deal uh cost for the player is eight hundred dollars per player is that right
7: yes sir yes sir eight hundred dollars per player and uh it's july 12th barbecue sponsorship uh uh, Somerville Angels on Facebook, and we'll have all the information on
1: there. Now you talk about barbecue. We like food on this show, man. We're a big food guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've got a we got a chef on staff and all. So what's up with this barbecue, man? Where is it at? Is it going to be somewhere that you just drop by? You pick it up? You got to order it before? I mean, give us the, the the background on this barbecue, date, time, and place.
7: Yep, we're gonna we're gonna be selling tickets, and everything you need to know about the barbecue will be on okay. the Somerville Angels on Facebook. I don't know. Don't be and we'll have, we'll have all the details. My, my manager uh, is my wife, Christine Brinson. She handles everything yes, to the T, and I I do the <laughs> coaching. So, uh, you know you know how that goes.
1: <laughs> I do, man. And trust me. You just got a data boy from us, one of those, you know, those fist bumps from uh, here to you, man. well done. And her and I have actually been in conversation, of course, with one of your parents there, connected us all together. And, again, just the opportunity right. to come out and watch last week. We'll be out. I'll be out there. I'm going to get Eugene to slide up there, too, because his daughter actually, he's got a daughter that's in her teenage years, but she actually – played Dixie Youth from the same age group that we're talking about now. Oh, wow. Uh, they actually yeah. went to the World Series as well. This was years ago because I think his daughter is now right. uh, midway through her, her high school days, if I'm not mistaken. Eugene, come in here, man. Hang out with us for a minute, man. Tell us uh, a little bit about your daughter because I think Coach could enjoy this conversation as well, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. I just posted pictures this morning, Coach. Um, she was one of the pitchers for the Hanahan team that won the – 8-year-old uh, and 10-year-old World Series titles that year. It was 2011. Oh, yeah. You remember yeah, those team? Yeah, yeah. They were loaded Yeah, one never, of the oh, thrower girls. Most most of yeah. that hand-to-hand girl team is still together, and they've actually already won state titles on the varsity softball level uh, already. She's actually a freshman oh, yeah. at academic magnet. But, um, yeah, she was a pitcher when thrower – uh, one of the, the other pitchers caught a line drive back on her wrist and it cracked a bone in her hand so oh, wow. Emma was pitching and uh, it's funny that, that this game up, came up today because I just shared one of the pictures of her pitching at um, Westcott to close out for the state because Hannah hosted right. most of the game but uh, she yeah. was on the uh, field that mimics uh, uh, the Green Monster or Fenway Park
3: That's and she was awesome. pitching it's in the that Boston game field. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's and actually so, uh, uh that's
7: that's my stomping grounds over there. Uh North Charleston um you know, we uh that's where we started and uh you know, when everything happened with all this, it kind of just we were just out here trying to play ball and this came this came about and we just put a team together and, and just doing what we got what we can do for the girls to go, you know. So And it's
2: amazing because you know, going through the playoffs, I remember putting up and, and mercy ruling so many teams. But when you get yeah. to Alabama, everybody's yeah. good. The championship right, game was right, right, yeah. two 2-1 over Alabama. 2-1. Yeah. It's funny you said that because,
7: you know, when we first, back to the Hanahan thing, um, you know, it was probably a little bit before we came here, but we've been in Charleston for 10 years. I'm from Columbia, South Carolina, and I moved here about 10 years ago. And when I first when we first started getting into softball, mm-hmm. all I heard was hand in hand. Hand hand, hand in hand, hand has got everything. Hannah hand has got the girls. And then I go into uh this place right here on uh Ashley Phosphate and they have pictures of all of the hand hand girls softball in there. So yeah, that's that's real crazy. I know there used to be powerhouses over
4: there. <laughs>
2: Well, no doubt, and um, so my daughter, even at that age for that team, she had two – she had the coaches, and Coach Drower was her head coach. Um, Right. She had two actually training coaches, Tony Sabian, who was a coach at Hanahan High School. um, Yeah, played for you? Yeah, that was my my daughter's daughter's pitching uh, coach right now. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Coach Tony was her pitching coach from age six, and then Jay yes, McCown, who was an All-American at College of Charleston, who played third base with Brett Gardner, was the shortstop, who's my daughter's godfather, with her batting. Along with Cody Wow. So that's how much we put into getting into that World Series. And you know, my daughter, I'm even when, you, she, when we moved to Mount Pleasant, was just, you know, she led the league in strikeouts and home runs every year. And she's not, as, she's as big as maybe a half a minute. But she just had such an incredible bat. <laughs> those are
4: those
7: are the those are the ones you got to watch out for, you know.
2: <laughs> Seriously, she actually, <laughs> as a seventh grader, she actually put one over the wall at Goose Creek High School. Um, and it it was a crazy thing. She pitched that game wow. and then put one over the wall at Goose Creek High School, and you know, so I'm I'm encouraging her to you know to come back out and you know play for a magnet. Yeah. But uh, you know we'll see. Right. But you know, Coach, Coach Tony Sabian, and I'm glad that you're with her, man. She is just such a yep. – I mean, my, my my parents would come out uh, to the pitching lessons because, you know, at that time my daughter was going through, through some things and, and her mom had moved away. And Coach Tony was right. just such an incredible mentor in her life at a young right. age. You know, as a single dad, you know, Coach Tony was kind of like that lady that just meant a lot to her. And So that's so awesome to hear that she's yeah, involved with you. Yeah, yeah.
7: It's funny you say that, cause you know, you know, being you know my daughter's on the team, you know, Lily, you know, sometimes she had to tell me, you know, Coach, I got her, you know, you, I'll I'll left for the lesson, and she'd come back and she can connect with them, you know, you know, just just have that connection, you know,
2: so I, yeah, that's crazy. We know her together. That's 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 crazy. Small world. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. And I, I remember one of the lessons Emma was having, you know, some, some kind of, I guess, girl drama at school and, uh, at hand right. you know, and, uh, and she was at the lesson. And Coach Tony would meet us over here, actually, at Park Circle, at the softball field there uh, on by uh, Mixon. Exactly
7: and, the same spot that we
2: do ours right now. Exactly. And Coach Tony would meet her there. <laughs> and uh, Coach Tony had just come from, you know, she grew up in Aiken area, and, and she had just come from – a lesson where she got her uh, concealed weapons permit. And, uh, you know, she's kind of that kind of lady. And she can tell you right, the story, right. she'll so remember it. And she told Emma, she said, you know, but you got to be mentally tough. Because if you're going right. to be a pitcher for me, you got to be mentally tough. You can't always, you know, run to this or run to that. Sometimes you just got to stand in there. And that was one yep. of the things I always said because I have three older boys who are, you know, athletes or done this, done that, done the other, one's playing in college, one's showing the Marines. And of all four kids, Emma's always been the most mentally toughest person. Maybe it's because she had right. a little girl with three older brothers, but so much of that just goes to Coach Tony because she yeah. never let yeah. her off, never let her have a that's window. That's crazy, man. That's,
7: that's, that's insane, man. I'm, I, that's cool that you know her.
4: <laughs>
7: and she does a lot for us and uh, – we try to see her every week, you know. But, um,
3: yeah,
7: it's, it's going to be good for these girls, man. I cannot wait for for this to happen. I'm, I'm just excited. We're excited. We're trying to get as good as we can before we get there. So uh, we're trying to do
2: it up. <laughs> What's the, so you
9: guys My are going
7: to
2: Oxford. Uh, uh,
7: uh, sorry about that, Rich.
2: You guys are going to Oxford, and I know you have this barbecue fundraiser. Like I yes. said, I don't remember it being eight hundred bucks, but I do remember it being expensive. Um, you know, what other support have you guys gotten? And, and and also, you know, obviously, you know, you need that, but what else can we do for you guys?
10: Um do we have
7: we uh the only thing we have going right now is like I said, the stuff on Facebook and you know, like I said, my my wife's gonna come up with other stuff, cause just cause she always does. <laughs> so so it, we'll figure it out. Um, Like I said, everything's gonna be on the Somerville Angels Facebook, and uh she'll be able to tell you a lot
6: more uh,
7: stuff than me.
1: Well, Coach, let me ask you this: Would you do you have an option there to put yourself on speakerphone real quick, and we can bring in the manager? Yeah, she's and, right here. Yeah, uh, maybe with, she is right okay. here. She's right here she's with right, me. That's well, okay. my manager. So, so let's hear from let's let's hear from the boss, all right? Let's.
6: She's probably more than the, the, <laughs> sorry,
1: the, the owner, right? And you're you're the employee there, coach. That's how we do this, right? So so in your role, yeah, what, yeah. what what would you like to say as well? Because I know you're kind of giving him some notes in the background, and listen, his job is to coach him up. Your job is to get him there financially. So on the financial deal, right. I just I'm putting it out on social media now. But go ahead and tell us a little bit more that, that some of the stuff that maybe we're missing out on a little bit.
10: So normally, whenever you win the state title, the um, the recreation department that you are in pays for your uniforms and things like that. Well, because we didn't, there's not really a state title to win, we didn't really have any backing. So we have to pay for basically everything to go. Um, all the girls need uniforms. um We have somebody that's doing up some uniforms for us, but obviously we have to pay for them. Um, The travel down there, the hotels, the hotels probably cost uh, close to $500 a player. Um, Food, we need to feed the kids. Um, We'd love, you know, most of the girls um, are from North Charleston, Somerville area. And we would love, you know, this is a chance of a lifetime, and we would love to help get them there you know these aren't girls these are rec girls these are girls from the neighborhood um joe's been coaching at the rec department north charleston rec department since some of the girls were four and five you know we've had them coming up with us um we would love to be able to call them up and say hey listen we have sponsorships you guys don't have to pay a thing um so really it's the hotels and the travel down there and the food but i mean We've never done this before, so we really don't know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right. Well, we're going to um, do all that
1: we can do to continue to help you guys out. Because, again, like I said, tomorrow I'll be over there to field with you guys with uh, a couple of guys uh, that are going to give you guys some TV time. Uh, I'm actually putting it out on social media. I'm attaching it to anybody in the, in the article version of what we do with newspapers and, and things like that other radio guys that do what we do. We're just going to continue to help push it any way we can. Uh, tell us a little bit more about this barbecue before I get you guys out of here. I know you yep. sent me the information. It's now out there on our Twitter world, but what exactly uh, join us Sunday night for barbecue night. What, what, that's July 12th. Give us a little information on that.
10: Okay. So uh, sweet Willie T's barbecue is doing uh barbecue boxes and we're going to do mac and cheese, baked beans and uh barbecue. Um and then you can pick it up from two to five. Um each ticket is ten dollars. Um each girl's gonna have their own set of tickets to sell. We're hoping to, you know, maybe do around two hundred boxes that evening. Um right now we are hoping to do it at Westcott Park, um where you gotta get confirmation on that. But uh I mean they're usually very, very good about letting us do stuff there um so what you would do is you would come up and give your ticket and then you would take your dinner home um i'm sure they could eat at the park too i mean that's social distancing we could do that too um but yeah it's ten dollars a ticket um also if there's a group of people that want to do it and they want it delivered we have parents that are willing to deliver boxes so if there's you know if people are working and and they want to order a couple boxes we're happy to bring it to you
1: well, i tell you what, I love anything else that you guys can think of when we get you guys back to your Sunday night events again. I'll see you guys tomorrow night around 6 with a couple of the guys, and I think
4: yes, I've got
1: Lindsay LaPrad. Lindsay, of course, uh, is uh, the head softball coach over for Chester. She actually played college ball as right. well. I think she's going to come over and have a conversation as well if it, if it works out. But uh, oh, anything else man, you can do to help to out Use guys? it all.
7: Any more help you can, uh, any uh, more pointies you can bring for my girls, bring them on. (laughs) (laughs) We'll
1: we'll do everything we can. I appreciate everything you've
7: done, man. Thank you so much.
1: That's an honor, guys. Well, again, thank you very much. I've got the number to get in touch with you guys as well. So I'll be touching base with you guys here in about another hour once I get off the air. Uh, But again, thank you so much. Again, you can find these young ladies at Somerville Angels on Facebook. You also can attach yes, it sir. to us and we can help you as well. But uh all right, guys, without it, do that interview, wanna thank uh the group over there at the Somerville Angels. Uh I tell you what, Eugene, man, uh we're gonna stay here because we're only up about fifteen minutes into uh the rest of the show. There was some breaking news, by the way, for Patriot fans. Uh you got a new quarterback and his name is Cam Newton. He is uh I think he's going to do good things, man. I, I really do, but we'll get into that in a minute. But what a great story with uh, the coaches and the players and the parents. And, uh, man, when I tell you this guy looks like John Cena, and, and to know that he got basically and they wore in the water when they stingray true story. He's got the scar to prove it. Uh, it. It all tells the story, man.
2: Yeah, no doubt, man. And, uh, what what an interesting breaking news on the Cam Newton deal. So, it's apparently it's an incentive-laden deal, which must be tied to, you know, you know, of course everybody knows he's coming back from injuries and whatnot. But, you know, what a great place. You know, I think that's one of the places that people have suspected he might land. But, you know, putting a guy like that with, uh, with that coaching staff and, and the players around him, you know <laughs> – when you think the Patriots are down, then they come right back. You know, it's kind of like the old mafia thing. When they, 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 I'm out and they pull me back in, you know, and here come the Patriots ready to make another run. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I think they're going to be in
1: good shape. That, that's big, though, because, again, you know, I, I've made my conversation about, uh, you know, bringing in Kaepernick. And, of course, everybody wants to come at me and say, well, what about Cam Newton? I'm not talking about Cam Newton. So let me clarify what I mean by getting Kaepernick back in the league. I I say put him on the field. Let his actions on the field confine everything. That's my thing. Give him a shot, put him on the team, then that's it. I never said he was better than this guy or that guy. I just said let's put him on the field. Let's put this part of the the, the conversation to rest so that we can get back into what we need to be doing. Uh, I'm glad Cam Newton didn't sit out long because, again, it's a distraction for us getting into – the NFL season, you know, when uh, other athletes sit out for financial situations, to me, I understand it to some degree because I believe that they should be paid. I just don't know when the limit of pay is is, is enough or too much. Again, you know, you saw Zeke last year. I think personally with Zeke shenanigans, and oh, congratulations to the world's, I don't want to say the worst owner in this, okay, I will, <laughs> the Cowboys. He got to make shirts out of it, but he didn't make any, uh, you know, uh, Super Bowl shirts, that's for sure. And I think a lot of that had to do with the distraction that that Zeke led with his shenanigans off the field. And and I think that's something that I'm glad that Cam Newton found a home. I'm a big Cam Newton fan. Didn't like Cam Newton much at Auburn because he beat my Gamecocks, not once, but twice. And, I mean, so there's that. And then on the other end, you know, uh, you know, I get was always something going on, but whatever. Look, at the end of the day, as an athlete, I think he's a solid athlete. You know, some people said that, you know, he was he was hit late, he was hit this, that, and the other. Look, when you're a quarterback and you decide to get out of the pocket, you become a running back to me. You're open opportunity for, for anything and everything within the rules, right? right? I mean, and the rules apply to the running back. Also apply to Cam Newton as he's a running quarterback who can throw at three football fields. I mean, I watched him personally. Right there in Atlanta, beating the Gamecocks, you know, uh, changed the whole momentum of the game right before half slinging it about 90 yards, and they scored a touchdown, and that kind of took us into the half going, oh, well, we thought we had something here. But, I mean, I, I think it's a good fit. I know there's a couple of new guys in there, but I, I do. I, I don't. It's going to be a different look because, again, Tom Brady's that throwing guy. You got Cam Newton that can run it and he can throw it, but I wonder how much running he's going to do coming back from all these injuries, and if his agent and, and those doctors, Eugene, are telling him, like, look, we know you
2: want to run and gun, but, man, you need to do a lot more gunning than running. And I agree with you in part with that, too. And very similarly, you know, in college it was kind of, you know, the, the sort of scandal thing with his dad. Maybe his dad took money or didn't take money, and then we kind of got to see new rule after that. But, you know, once he got to Charlotte, man, I, I became a fan. And not so much of just his play, but the stuff he did for the community and mainly for kids. I mean, this guy was always surrounded by thousands of kids, and there were so many stories. And a lot of them didn't get publicized, but one that always just melted my heart was a kid who, um, who, had been di- who was diagnosed with cancer. And he had, uh, I think it was about 30 days they expected, you know, he would, he would live. And his birthday was coming up. And Cam heard about this story, and not only did Cam show up at his birthday party as a surprise guest, but Cam paid for the party, hired ice cream trucks, you know, catered the whole event, hired, like, all these jump castles and things like that. And the kid ended up going, like, an extra 90 days past what doctors had given him. And the parents were like, you know, his spirits were so lifted for what Cam did. And the whole community and all these kids just came in and celebrated with this young man, And his life was just, you know, he he just, he lived three times past what doctors had given him. And so much of that, like I said, you know, the parents were just like, you know, what Cam did to him just gave him this new spark and this new found energy. And, and, you know, the kid went on to to live, you know, a lot longer or, you know, at least longer than what was expected. And that was just one of the many stories. But that story, I'll never forget, you know, reading about it. And I was like, you know, it, it doesn't matter anymore what happened in college. Even though, yeah, you're right. They beat our game clocks, and that and that was hurtful, you know, hurtful to see, and and this, that, and the other, and and whatever you know Cecil did or didn't do, blah, blah, blah. But what he did when he got the opportunity as a grown man, as a professional athlete, and the platform that he used, you know, to touch so many people, I just became a Cam fan because of that.
1: Yeah, I agree with this. So Cam
2: Newton is now a. Patriot. I
1: imagine uh, there's usually stipulations that he's got to pass a physical and so on and so forth. I would believe at this point he's there. And, again, what Cam Newton meant to the city of Charlotte, for what Cam Newton meant for the state of not just North Carolina but South Carolina, and he will continue to mean that for the state of Georgia. That's home to him, by the way, Atlanta. Uh, of course, he still does great things. And, again, we've seen him up on the Grand Strand up there in Myrtle Beach, up there where the Seahawks play that high school football team stadium right there. We see him around different places, and you know he's got that million-dollar smile, man. That just, you know, it it lights up a whole room, you know. And for me, yeah, he's no different than anybody else. He's gonna have life issues. He's gonna have distractions. He's gonna have things that makes him what's that called, human? But when it comes down to being an athlete, he's a hell of an athlete. He's a great football player. He's a great quarterback. He's a big old boy. They can swing it, like I said. And, I mean, and I don't think, and I've had the luxury, the opportunity because of what I do here to be down on a field and be standing directly beside the guy, having a conversation with him, and he looked at me and, you know, just as cordial as as you and me, Eugene, just having these conversations. So, when you look at the schedule, and I don't have it in front of me, but, but when the Panthers play the Patriots, and I hope they play each other soon, that one could be very interesting because you saw the way he left Charlotte. Oh, he was not happy. He was not happy at all the way it was handled. And I kind of think, from what I remember, he was kind of found out he got released on social media, right? Isn't that kind of how it came out?
2: Yeah, and then he he put out that tweet with all the emojis and characters and things like that because he was pretty upset because it seemed like they went to the social media route of announcing it instead of to him personally. But, you know, going back to one more thing I want to add because you, you brought up it was not just to Charlotte, North Carolina, but South Carolina. Uh, something that touched our community in, in two ways. One, and most importantly, by far most importantly, was uh, what happened at the Mother Emanuel Church. And if I recall correctly, he he donated or led the donation to something of a tune of about a hundred thousand dollars to cover for some of the funeral expenses and things like that, uh, and, and donations to the church. And then, and, and which was such a huge and. and such a traumatic time for our community and this is a guy that I, I don't know if he's ever been to Charleston before but you know being part of the Panthers it's kind of a South Carolina North Carolina team and it was just such a huge thing and then on top of that you know a school that I had coached at for three years was Oceanside you know uh, until the COVID thing they were scheduled to go play one of the uh, I think it, it was uh, his high school uh, in a tournament over there in Georgia this year and Cam uh, uh, through the foundation was actually going to pay for the charter buses to come and pick up the kids in Mount Pleasant and take them to Atlanta, as well as covering brand new uniforms for that game. And uh, you know, so it, it, he's always been giving back. And whether or not you you know you're a fan uh, of him personally or whatever, you know, you, there's no doubt you can't you can't re- deny the fact that he used his platform to do great things like i said most of the great things that i've seen have been targeted towards youth and that's what you want to see from from a person of, of that level you know who who kids right. look up to using that fame using that fortune to uh you know to give back to to kids who, who honor him who look up to him who emulate him and you know as far as yeah. i know there's never been any great scandals and things like that and until that tweet came out you know it's kind of like a you know, he was kind of a guy that just smiles, Like you said, that million-dollar smile showed up, went to work through touchdowns, you know, had good games, good, bad games, whatever, uh, you know, and then showed up at the press conferences wearing uh, some type of unusual outfit. <laughs> so, you know, but it was fun. He definitely it went was fun. He's a fun guy.
3: That's
2: okay. Yeah. I mean,
1: and he's a guy that would score a touchdown and didn't care what the price was to give away a football. He would give away footballs in the stands. I mean, that's Cam Newton. Like them, love them, or leave them, pull for them or not, understand them, respect them. That's my thing. Again, Cam Newton agrees to a one-year deal with the New England Patriots worth a maximum of $7.5 million. That's per the report. Uh, we're reading that off of the CBS News. Uh, Cam Newton, of course, uh, coming out of this thing. And, uh, again, I believe it was Adam Scheffner and uh, Chris Morrison who uh, broke the story uh, not but maybe less than an hour ago. Uh, this is a big deal. We'll we'll see what happens. You know, he was released back in March 24th by the Panthers. Uh, People were kind of curious. He wasn't picked up yet. He went through a lot of transitions. So, you know, there you go. Uh, We, again, want to continue to uh, bring in, as we go back to uh, where we were at here just minutes ago, and uh, we're all about, just like Camden, we're all about the youth, and we really cannot stress enough to go to Facebook and go and follow the Somerville Angels. If you can't get in touch with them, send us a message. We'll get you in touch with the guys and girls. If you go to our Twitter page and our Facebook page,
2: you'll see a flyer
1: there. It's got all the information from the barbecue, and it's also the flyer that's got a number on the bottom. That's to the, uh, the owner of that operation, the wife of the coach we just talked to, the boss lady. Uh, you want to get in touch with her with anything and everything that you can do. Look, a dollar plus a dollar is $2. That's $2, and that means they only need $758 to get what they need to get. So think that way. Let's think Realistically, I understand you know that everybody's at where they're at, but let's see what we can do. I do want to thank them, uh, the group from the Somerville Angels for jumping in here. The coach, uh, and his wife hanging out with us. We'll be out there at Gehagen tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to take the news guys with me. We'll do a report hopefully on channel five, channel two, and uh, trying to get them some attention, some love. As uh, that's what it's about. It takes a village, remember, it takes a village. And uh, But just remember that as well. While we expect our, our, our businesses to support our youth, we need to be supporting our businesses in the community. So let's go out and, and do that during the time where we do have the opportunity to pick it up and take it home. Uh, I want to thank Somerville. How about that? Campus Tour 2020 landed us over at Somerville High School. Coach, uh, well, Sharpie and the entire baseball staff of Coach Tobin, we had uh, uh, a handful of guys that joined us here uh, this uh afternoon this evening, Logan Palmer joined us, Um, always fun to get in here with him, that's I believe the first time I've had a chance to kind of talk to him, now Brody Hopkins a very common name, he's been in here with me multiple times and it started at 630 with their athletic director, Coach Rutherford, Brian Rutherford joined us, so uh, on behalf of all of us, to all of you guys at Somerville High School, uh, there's still some more that we got to get in touch with, we'll get them, trust me. Uh, we'll catch up with you when you get that moment, but uh, we are continuing on Sundays a little bit more of a locally, you know, show where we're going into high schools. You know, Tuesday, Thursdays, a little more nationally, right? So uh, Campus Store, of course, brought to our friends over there at Gurns Pharmacy, located at 140 South Main Street, downtown Summonville. You can find them on the web at gurnspharmacy.com. Next Sunday, no show. We're taking a three-day vacay. It is 4th of July. We'll go everybody here in the studio the weekend off, but we will be back live this Tuesday at 6 o'clock sharp for three solid hours. Uh, great job, Eugene. And uh, you and I will catch you up shortly. Until next time, we'll do it again Tuesday night, buddy.
2: Yes, sir, and stay safe on the roads. I-26 was very crowded today, so just everyone be out there, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you soon. All
1: right, guys, on behalf of Eugene, myself, and all of us here at Southern Sports Center, we say God bless, take care, stay distant. Okay, let's do what we got to do. Let's lead by example. And until then, God bless. We'll see you live right here. On, excuse me, Tuesday night, 6 p.m. sharp on Blog Talk Radio, guys. Have Just good night. a little something to break the monotony of all
7: that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance, but what
3: about a groove to soothe and move romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix, and if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. And think of the summers of the past. Adjust the face and let the alpine blast pop in.
10: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.